0: This is Greg Racine and James Fox. We're Ocular Shift, and you're listening to the Top 5 Comics Podcast.
1: Welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. With us today, we have the master of disaster, Josh 45. Hi. And the second suitor, Mr. Tyler Brown. Well, hello there. And I'm CBS.
0: Yes, you are.
1: Yes, I am. <laughs> I see. You today we're doing episode number one hundred and eighty. And books we're going to be going over to this episode would be uh, Batman Killing Time number one from DC Comics, Good Boy number one from a Source Point Press, and Strange number one from Marvel Comics. And we'll wrap all that up with an interview with uh, Mister Ben Goldsmith from the uh, Rhode Island Comic Con two thousand twenty one. It's a fantastic guy. He's so fun to talk to, and I got to talk to him multiple times through the weekend. And like, he is just—he is a ball of fun. He's awesome.
0: And he wrote
1: the the book from. Yes. Him? So the so the interview we had last week with uh with Ed Smith, he did the art for uh, Second Place, okay. and Ben is the one who wrote. Or is writing, I like, think the book's done, but it just hasn't come all the way out yet. Gotcha. Uh, second place, uh, for also Source Point Press.
0: It sounds um, like a great concept. I was, he was, he was funny, first of all, but I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Both, the, both those guys are awesome. Like, uh, had a, actually had a lot of fun in Rhode Island and a lot of really cool, neat interviews with people and they just, it was really a great show. Um, super fun. I, uh, but yeah, but Ben, yeah, dude is awesome. So, so that'll be fun for you guys. Uh, we'll roll that after the books. Uh, but before we do all that, do we got any news over there? What's in the news? What's in the news?
0: I don't have anything in the news.
2: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was anticlimactic. That's uh, what happens. Patrick Stewart has confirmed that that is his voice in The Doctor Strange. Who's Patrick Stewart? too?
3: What? Who's Patrick Stewart? Jean-Luc Picard, Jean-Luc man. Picard, Jean-Luc
0: Picard. You uh, know all
3: about Jean-Luc Picard. Man make it so. Is he that guy on that TV show on CBS that's like a futuristic cop show? I mean, kind of.
1: Is it a futuristic
0: cop it's show? Well, they were yeah. out in space. Well, they're explorers technically, it's right? I like think he was half right. The Picard show, it's like... I haven't seen Picard, actually. I hear it's great.
1: It is. The first season was good. I hear
3: it's really good. I,
1: I wouldn't didn't... say he's a detective, but, I mean, he is doing more like... I
3: said a cop show. I didn't say a detective.
1: Bount, bount. He's not a cop in that either. More bounty hunter-ish? No, like more, I don't know, like Battley stuff. I mean, I don't know. I guess he did go out to, to the planet a lot in the show. It is a good show, but yeah. So Patrick Stewart confirmed it's him. Okay, cool. You told me you told me it was mediocre. What show? Picard. No, Picard was fine.
3: You see, you said it was great, and <laughs> it was good. Now it's fine. To, like it's going to, down. To, like to, uh, to be fair, CBS. Okay. You, yeah,
0: you use, you use you're going backwards. You're, I think man. I think you need to stick to your scale. Cause, cause, no, really. I, <laughs> you're I, I right, you're do. Right. I, I, I mean, I love you, man. But I think your scale might give us a little bit more. um Oh man, I should watch that. CBS said it was a four. You know, I get you. Okay. Yeah, because
1: everything's fine. That's true. I do have a pretty yeah. even, impaired opinion on most things. Yeah, I, I, I think you might need to stick to your scale. I did like Picard. Good. So. Yeah. I mean, as far as the show, I'm excited. There's a season two. That's cool. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I mean, that's good stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, rough, rough, rough.
0: All right, go on.
1: Um, okay, so uh, new stuff. So uh, FSU, Florida State University, um, if you guys aren't aware of this, which I mean it would be pretty easy not to be, um, so there were over 5,000 comic books stolen from their library, um, somewhere between February and March of 2020. Uh, so as of this week, um, the charges have been laid against uh the uh, person believed to be the thief, um, of course, he he put a plea of not guilty in. But uh, so the collection was donated. So about the collection, the collection was donated by uh, Robert M. Irvin Senior, uh, who was a prominent lawyer in Tallahassee. The cl- books were collected by Robert M. Irving Junior. throughout his uh, teenage years, and then donated by his parents to the library after he would moved out and gone into lawyer himself, um, with his permission. So the books, they span fifty years of like time in publication, and as far as I mean, at this point, Junior is seventy years old, so he was getting these things when he was a kid. So we're talking the books are fifty years old, like or or older. Wow! And like it was apparently they were all in really really great shape, and they've been housed at the Florida University's library as something that the kids could go see and check out or whatever. So, as far as a thing, the guy in question is Todd Peak, who Todd worked as the security slash um, facilities administrator since 2012 for the
0: library for the for, mm-hmm. for the university. Oh, oh, wow!
1: So he's like, I mean, how, how that's an important job, but I mean, <laughs> I'm sure it's not a job that's like a huge paycheck kind of job, probably, but it's still a pretty prestigious kind of thing, like. Yeah. You're, head of security and facilities of the mean so maybe that means maintenance so I, I guess maybe it's not great at titles it sounds like but nevertheless I mean still prestigious college so good job to have uh, but well th- to be
3: fair I wouldn't say prestigious oh you say you it's work like, SFU yeah it's one of the most p- biggest party schools in the country it's like, mm-hmm. them, in, like them in Arizona Like, it's yeah. like that's where okay. Bert Kreischer's from it's, like, it. it's like it's like Literally. Like, it's that's still what, Florida. It burned <laughs> the machine. Like, it's not...
0: Like, it's FSU. Like
1: Okay. And
0: if I mean, you're a facilities manager, you're probably still technically janitor at some well, point, too. I, yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. You're or a student. Yeah, you're probably scrubbing urinals still. I mean...
1: I mean, yeah, I don't know exactly what his job entailed. Uh, but, yeah, so... It's I, still a highly
0: regarded university, I, you know... Yeah, I, I get, yeah. Yeah.
1: But the... uh so what he has been accused of is stealing the books and then selling them to individual buyers and stores in the, uh, in the Leon County area. Mm. So, uh, yeah, apparently this week he made a plea of not guilty, which I mean, why would you plead guilty?
2: Right.
1: Uh, as a thing. So, like, pretty crazy. I mean, first off, that the collection was that impressive, second off, that... The dude managed to. I thought he was going to get away with it. I mean, what a crazy thing to think you can get away with.
0: Because
1: hmm. it's like. Did they say how much money he's. Well, the. There's. The estimated total was somewhere between $243,000 up to $500,000. Wow.
0: So there were some bangers in there.
1: Yeah. I mean. Wow. As far as series of the books, the. era they are from. They said there's books from 42 forward. Oh, wow. But, yeah. As far as superhero books, so far we know, that was a bunch of Archie and whatever sure. else. Sure. Because they didn't, like, give a list of... They did include a list of some books in there, and there were a batch of Avengers books that were pretty impressive mm-hmm. for what they are. But, yeah, as far as the thing, just the idea that the books have been basically housed there for multiple years now, and somehow I you thought i would get away with it.
0: And just like you said, still in good
1: condition. That's impressive. That's right. Somebody, yeah. See, that's the thing, is that they were all supposed to be... in According to what the article said about it... Mm-hmm they're all supposed to be in pristine condition. Wow. Which, what does pristine mean? I mean, I don't know. Are we talking nines? Probably not, because you've had a bunch of kids handle them.
0: Well, you don't... I mean, maybe... But they're
1: college kids. Maybe they didn't didn't get checked out as much as you think. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. It's still just a really crazy thing that happened. I mean... As a as a thing in general, like, it, it, why would you go sell them anywhere around where you live? Like, what right, are you doing, dude?
0: Right, yeah, sell them at a different county or something <laughs> like that. fool. <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> I knew a kid who sold all of his, his run of X-Men and paid for his um, law degree. Oh, paid, man. Yep, paid for his, um, his college tuition. It was late 80s, early 90s. I nice. just like, had a whole run and somebody bought him and paid for his college. Well,
1: yeah, those early issues, I mean, there's a whole handful of those guys in there that are... Fairly chasey.
0: Um, Disney is officially adding TVMA to their streaming service, particularly for Daredevil, Blue Cage, Jessica Jones, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so on and so forth. So everything that they got from Netflix, Netflix yeah. is probably getting a TVMA, which... I kind of took as a good sign because I I really enjoy Disney Plus. I think they make some good stuff, but sometimes you want that grittier, a little more um, action, you know, maybe a little racier stuff. And I was like, oh, that's that's cool. And glad Uh, this may open the door for some other properties that maybe aren't all, you know, Little Mermaid and etc. etc.
1: Well, it makes me wonder about the. Have they put an announcement out with the? I don't think I've seen this. I don't know if any of us know this. If Moon Knight
0: has a rating yet or not, it does not, but I have Moon Knight News. Oh, well, you want to do some Moon Knight? Mm-hmm. News? Oh, Moon Knight News. Check out that poster right there. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That's pretty awesome. That is a poster. So, uh, Marvel, Knight, Marvel put out a poster for Mr. Knight. Um, if you don't know who Mr. Knight is, he's kind of the one of the alter egos and works with the police. He's basically a dude in a white tuxedo with the Moon Knight mask on and. Um, yeah, just go- just Google that because it's a, it's a really cool looking poster, actually. I was, I was pretty excited.
1: Oh, yeah, no, it looks really cool. Um, so Brian Michael Bendis and, uh, Andre Lem, I don't know, I'm gonna butcher his last name, Ajo, have, uh, made an announcement they're gonna be doing a group of graphic novels. Um, uh, as far as release, they're gonna be released as OGNs. The series is expected to be six volumes. Um, so artist-wise, you you know Andre from doing uh, the art for a righteous oh gosh a righteous thirst for vengeance. He's doing that book currently, an image, and there's got some test images out for the book, and it looks awesome. Phenomena is the name of the book, and it's the first volume is called uh, the Golden City of Eyes. And so basically, the story is supposed to follow a young boy, and in this transformed version of the world, which has been had a phenomenon happen to it. Not a post-apocalyptic event, but a phenomenon. And whatever that means has transformed the world, and, and as far as crazy magic animals and everything else, it's it. The, the few pieces of art look really cool. But as far as the uh, story is concerned, like the uh, the first book, from what they're saying is an OGN, we're going to follow the two main characters, uh, the boy and his... What looks like an assassin robot is what he looks like as he travels through this magical land trying to figure out why the world's the way it is, what's changed the world. And uh, in, when in the interview, Bendis talks about how you'll be able to see and find hints as to what changed the world and what areas they're in. So the places they're going in the book, I guess, are going to be well-known landmarks. But now they are different because of the world and the way it's changed. So, like, the art looks really cool. The first book's supposed to come out August 9th, so... If you're a Brian Michael Bendis fan, uh, or if uh, you like the art from Righteous Thirst for Vengeance, or Ultimate Fantastic Four, because that guy did that too, um, the the pictures look really cool. I mean, they do look really cool. So, that's pretty neat. Yeah. You got any more news over there, I do.
0: Um, If anyone's interested, I'm really excited about this. Um, The Twisted Metal show has officially cast Anthony Mackie in it, and it will arrive on Peacock. It doesn't have a date yet, um, but I'm a huge fan of that franchise, um, and I think the show is um, far, far, far uh, overdue. Plus Sony, who's doing um, a really good job in... in, um, Producing and and making uh, content from their 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 properties, um, Uncharted just came out and it killed at the box office. Apparently, it's really good. Um, Last of Us, of course, is is, is going to do really really well. But um, they're a part of this as well. Selling it to Peacock, I think, is pretty smart. I, I didn't expect something like this to come to Peacock, but um, yeah, I, I was like, oh, good, that finally got made.
1: That was awesome. Yeah, man, I saw Uncharted. I don't know how well it plays to the. To the game, by any mm-hmm. means, because I only have the limited exposure to the game. And they did do a mini-series of comics, like, I want to say five-part. Really? Yeah. Um, back whenever the... F- I think the second game came out is when the books happened. So it's been a minute. There,
0: yeah, there's a, there's like four now, I think. Yeah, four games. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's got a cool cameo in it um, that's uh, connected to the game. I mean, I don't feel like either actors do bad, I mean... When it comes to, I mean, Marky Mark, I think he's great. Always, he's always good. Yeah, and I like Tom Holland just fine too. So, I mean, all those parts are good. Action sequences are pretty cool, but like, I don't know how well it plays to the game. That's what I heard. So, um, so a little comic news. It's kind of TV news. So AMC Network has announced they are launching AMC Network Publishing. So they are going to be opening their own arm of publishing for books. Comics and graphic novels, even though all three of those things are kind of the same.
0: How many of that is going to be Walking the Dead? Because it's going to be a lot.
1: But Walking Dead's all image and skybound. They're already their own company. Oh, that's true. So AMC would be doing. So what they announced first is that they're going to be doing four different comic books. Two of them that are based off shows. So some type of show. And then uh, one of the other books is uh, connected to the lead guitarist of Metallica. Hmm. So uh, that's kind of weird. Uh, So, Kirk Hammett, he's going to be co-writing along with, uh, oh gosh, Marcel Feldmar.
3: The guitar player from Metallica? Yeah. That sounds terrible.
1: (laughs) I mean, when it comes to people and things and other avenues, generally it does not go well. That's true. true. But, I mean, there are plenty of other ones that have done just fine. I mean, the the Keanu Reeves book is killing it. Um, Umbrella Academy is fantastic. So, I mean, there's... There's Diamonds in a Rock. A little different. Sorry. I mean, they are.
3: Because he's been writing things like... The, the, like, the entire, like, My Chemical Romance thing is like an invention of him and his brothers. Like, it, they created that, Well Oh, yeah. Like, well, misty, each album's
0: a story. Yeah. You know, that's... Yeah. A little different.
1: Oh, I'm not disagreeing. Right, right. I mean, John Leguizamo has a book, too, and it's... It's just nothing. Does
0: right. he... What? I love John Leguizamo. I'll have to show it to you. Yes, I'd love to see that.
1: Um, so, yeah, when it comes to, like, properties from other avenues or whatever... Uh, I thought that stuff was kind of interesting. Like, his book's supposed to be about a female Hawaiian detective in 1980, set in 1989, um, in Hawaii. And she's been tasked with investigating and finding the tomb of some, like, uh, Hawaiian god. Hmm. And trying to do it before a batch of cultists from the mainland sneak in and try to steal it. So, I mean, I don't know what exactly that means as far as the thing. It's supposed to be based on legend and mysticism. So, like.
0: So, Moana 2.
1: I mean, I kind of thought that <laughs> a little sorry. bit. No, i I couldn't help
0: it. <laughs> it's kind
1: of No, it's similar. nothing
0: like now. But like, Throw the rock uh, in there and maybe.
1: Well, I mean, cast-wise, they're saying it's a female lead, so I don't know. <laughs> What's the movie with him, where he's the god?
0: That, that's Moana. Oh, there that's you go. So yeah, that's why I said it. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, But yeah, I don't know. As a thing, it, interesting that it's another company doing things. Um, a couple of other titles, they listed the names for them, but they're supposedly shows that, I mean, I've never heard of, but huh. but I thought it was interesting that we had... But we had uh, the Metallica guy doing books, so I guess we'll see what that means when it finally shakes out to it. But
0: Good for him, though. Go out and do your dream. Like If sure. you, you've always wanted to make a comic book, go do it. Yeah, no reason, yeah, no reason not to. Uh, DC's got a new book coming out called DC Mech Number 1. It's slated to hit comic shops and digital storefronts on July 26, 2022. Um, basically, it sounds like it's Justice League, um, uh, kind of rebooted with giant mech robots. Um, yeah. Looks... I, I thought it looked kind of cool. There's yeah. a, uh,
1: there's a series called Mike, uh, Mech Strike over at Marvel, so it's like the same kind of idea repackaged, it sounds like. Nice. Mech Strike, um, uh, it's a five-part series. yeah, where we basically had a batch of our heroes wanting to drive around mech suits, like so Captain America and... Wolverine.
0: A uh, six-issue series from Kenny Porter and Balderman Revis. Hmm. It's, it's got some pretty good... Um, oh, that looks cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's got some pretty cool art. I think it looks pretty neat.
1: That's a good shot, yeah. Hmm. I mean, art's different than the other one, but concept-wise
0: it seems similar. Sure, that yeah, giant Batman suit. Oh, yeah. Giant Superman suit. yeah, uh, to that suit, That's almost Power Ranger feeling, kind of. A little bit.
1: Zords, yeah. I mean, they did actually do a crossover just Justice League and the Power Rangers a couple years ago. Nice. They had them all run on each other. Interesting stuff. I mean, it was fun. It was only a six-part miniseries, but it was fun. Um, That's basically all I had. I didn't really have a whole lot of extra stuff this week.
0: I just have it... Uh... Review-wise, the Batman is apparently doing very, very well. I haven't seen anything super negative. I've seen some people who are like, yes, it's great, but not stellar. Um, a lot of people comparing it to The Dark Knight or right below it. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty stoked.
1: Oh, yeah. should be neat to see. I mean, those trailers are pretty impressive, so I guess we'll see what it winds up being. Like
0: three hours, it better be
1: pretty impressive. Man, right? that is crazy.
0: It's a long time. It's a, it's a lot of material. I'm gonna to need to go to the bathroom definitely beforehand. <laughs> like, all
1: right, <laughs> plan
0: ahead. Drink my whole soda here. I gotta there go. A
3: go. uh, little bit of last piece of thing. Like if if you're a heavy metal fan, Pantera for the 30th anniversary of their album "Vulgar Display of Power," which is one of the greatest heavy metal albums of all time, um, they're releasing a. Original graphic novel, CBS's, um,
1: OGN, Mm -hmm.
3: notify me that that's a thing.
1: It is. It means that the book is never printed as individual floppies. That's, that's all it really means. And
3: it, so, for, it's going to be released as, um, a, a couple different ways. Paperback of 890, or 849 units, but then like 500 units. Um, no, no, no. 1,999 units of deluxe oversized hardcover editions. Oh, wow. Um, platinum editions that will be limited to 500 units will be the oversized, but they'll be signed. So basically the whole point of this is there will be a story written and um, by... So Alan Robert from Life of Agony, Eric Peterson from The Band Testament, Keith Buckley, Every Time I Die... Bruton C. Bell from Fear Factory, Steve Niles, Thirty Days of Night, Ryan G. Downey from MTV, MTV News, Tony Lee, Doctor Who. Um, these are all different people that, like, for each track of the album, write a story about that track. It's a particular so, song. So, um, well, it'll it'll be an interpretation for um every track on the album, and that's going to be what's going on. So, all eleven tracks on the album. That's kind of like those is people who are involved with it, but uh, this says here that the writers will be with with the collaborators for each tra- w- which each story. But like writers, are Eric Peterson, Steve Niles, Ian Eddington, Burton Bell, Keith Buckley, Tony Lee, Ryan Downey, and the interior artists will be R- Eric Rodriguez, Ryan Kelly, Steve Chanks, Kevin Mellon, John Pearson, and Danny Gel Jell- hmm. Zezelge. Um, anyway. Seems like kind of a cool thing. Like I mean, Pantera's fa- absolutely fantastic, and that album's really incredible. I can't believe it's been thirty years since that album came out. It makes me feel super, super old. But yeah. So as far as I mean, com- it's pretty cool. They're doing is like a specialty thing. I mean, as far as comic stuff goes, and then it's put out by Z Two Comics. Huh. This is the company. So okay. I don't know. It's supposed to ship in September. Does it? But September of this year. Oh, that's crazy. So it's already in the works, yeah.
1: Man, that's wild. Yeah, I mean, I, that's pretty cool.
3: Z2comics.com Z2 is where the, I'm... It's for ninety nine ninety nine. This is where it's available. I.
1: So it sounds like it's a specialty thing yeah. th- that you do through their company. That's cool. I mean, they've done... There's done a handful of things with the records. I mean, they were doing those... Uh, uh, DC was doing those uh, vinyl, singles. vinyl. DC Metal, yeah. Yeah, DC Metal that. had a batch of Records that they or put out. You
0: sold all? You sell all of those?
1: Uh, you know, I really, still have, I still have one of the issue two.
0: That surprises me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it probably they don't have it displayed someplace to be honest, mm-hmm. but we had taken a couple of comic book shows and right. That's why it's not in the store because it's in a box from comic book shows. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, I figured they, so, they would be a hot seller.
1: Well, it's the thing; they're pretty limited, and right. they did they they were supposed to be doing a second printing, and I don't know if that's even actually happened because they they solicited them but I don't remember them ever coming out. So, but yeah, it was like this thing, they did that, and then they did the uh, the vinyls, like the albums, which I mean, those we don't have anymore, which those were limited to, Then they did a bunch of different versions of them. They did versions that went to a couple different record stores, and then so they did a different color vinyl. The comic book shop ones were red, mm-hmm. and then there was like a purple. There was a yellow,
0: blue? I remember too. Yeah, yeah. yellow, and I
1: think there's a blue. Mm-hmm. But they went to different, Re- different organizations, style of release. That's cool. So, pretty wild. So, I mean, that's as far as uh, music mix. It's pretty cool. That Pantera thing. I mean, if you're if you're about Pantera, that sounds freaking awesome. Yeah.
0: If you're a super fan, for sure. Yeah, that'd be something to get into.
1: Well, any we more news?
0: That's all I got.
1: Huh? That's about about it. I, I don't have anything else today either. Um. So, moving some books. Let's do it. Just to let you know. There will be spoilers. Alright. Mr. Brown, you want to kick us off with some uh, Time to Kill?
0: Absolutely.
1: A killing Time?
0: Killing Time. Killing time, that's what it is. Time, that's the Samuel Jackson. That's a different one. Exactly what yeah. you're right. Yeah. Uh Batman Killing Time, DC uh number one of six. This is written by Tom King. And the artist is David Marquez.
1: Fantastic artist, by the way.
0: Yeah. It's um it's pretty fantastic. It's it's really well done. Um, so I, I want to talk a little bit, just kind of preface this book with this book jumps around time wise quite a bit. So if I get mixed up here, uh, don't 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 hate me. Uh, <laughs> so the book opens. Uh, we see a man walking into the street. It's raining cats and dogs, and we have uh, monologue four thirty three p.m. on March fourth. Wayland Jones. Exits the number 12 bus at the corner of Conway and Cohen. So we know this is Waylon Jones. Um, we see him walking through a crowd of people towards a bank. Very, very large man. He's above all the umbrellas. Again, it's raining cats and dogs. Uh, comes up to a security guard at the bank. Uh, the security guard says, uh, the guard on duty is Julian Thawne, opens the door for Jones at 4.41 p.m. He says, it's really coming down. And Waylon's voice is obviously, you know, crocodilish And he says, is it? I'm sure it'll let up soon. I'm not going to try and do his voice because it's not it's understandable. <coughs> it's raspy. Yeah. Uh, previously, we have uh, Mr. Uh, Thawne. Three days earlier, March 1st, he's at the Penguin Lounge. And there's a, you know, show with a pole going on behind him. And uh, her name is Nippy. He's very, very interested in her. And the bartender's like, "Yeah, I can, you know, hook you up with a private room for, you know, maybe some stash." He's trying to, trying to uh, get them hooked up or whatever. Um, from there, we go back to the bank, and we see Mister thon Did I say it was at Iceberg Lounge? Yeah, it's yes, Iceberg, Iceberg Lounge. Yeah, that's important. Uh, from there we go back to Mr. Thon. he's at the bank and he's kind of just out of it so he's obviously thinking about this dancer um, and Waylon Jones is in the bank he's waiting in line very patiently obviously he's huge and no one's noticed him which is weird um, some guy comes over the intercom or under, over his you know mic on his shoulder and says hey you're kind of staring off there, you know, uh, Julian, Julian Thawne, everything okay? He's like, oh, yeah, the kid's birthday's coming up. I was just thinking about what to get him. That is not what he was thinking about. No, no, no. <laughs> thanks, thanks for waking me up. We see the security footage, and the security footage is looking at uh, Waylon Jones. From so there, we move to uh, roughly an hour earlier, at three forty one PM the backyard of a tennis court of Mr. and Mrs. Ronald Barrington. Selena Kyle throws a ball into the air. Uh so here we have Selena Kyle, um probably probably one of my favorite depictions of Selena. Um is supposed to be so striking and she is definitely striking in this. Her eyes are super green and and, and really well done. She's teaching uh Miss Barrington uh a tennis lesson. And she's like, oh, yeah, I need you to only use your backhand. Anyways, from there we move again back to the bank. At 4.53 p.m., Jones approaches the bank teller. bank teller says, yes, sir, can I help you? He goes, your money, all of it. And the bank teller goes, excuse me? I couldn't quite hear you. Crash, he reaches through the glass and grabs this dude by the neck and says, your money, all of it. Immediately, the alarm goes off. At 4.55, the alarm of First National Bank of Gotham goes off. So from there, we move to Jim Gordon. Uh, 4.58, a few minutes later, uh, Gordon basically is having a conversation with, it sounds like a rookie cop who's in pursuit or on his way to the bank, and he's not exactly sure what to do about Waylon Jones, the croc. Um, Killer Croc, he's like something's wrong with his skin. He's all green and giant dinosaur slash lizard looking, and right like someone's never ever seen him before. Exactly. Right? And Gordon's like, oh gosh, he just he he's just like, I oh don't know. He's like, there are people dead all over the floor, and he's like, how dark is it? From there, we move to at 5:03 p.m. Gordon turns on the bat signal. We have a great panel of Bruce um, flying off a building and the bat symbol behind him. Again, like I said, this book jumps around a lot, so we jump back to 425, a little bit earlier. Uh, Selena sits down with the Barrington uh, wife. Her name is Cookie. Uh, she says, I have to ask, you know, what's up with all the security? And she, Miss Cookie, has all these, you know, two two security guards. They're armed. They're very, very large men. And she says, oh, my husband, you know, it's really not his fault. It's kind of his job's fault. He, you know, runs a bank. And she goes, oh, okay, you know, that's that's nice. She goes, can I use your powder room? She says, sure. And Selena walks away. From there, we skip back again to 5 12 p.m. that afternoon. Cookie Barrington's husband, Ronald, is taking his afternoon stretch in his office. Uh, his uh, secretary comes over the intercom and says, You have a Mr. What does that say? Crindaw? Grin- Vice President of Security of Operations coming in. He says, Okay, bring him in. Uh, at five twelve p.m., Edward Nigma, popularly known as the Riddler, enters the Barrington office. He says, "Mister Barrington, you're about to make get a call from your wife. I highly encourage you to answer We skip back to the bank. Waylon is going nuts. He's, I mean, tearing things apart. Um, out of the corner of his eye, um, he thro- he sees a guy, one of the guards, coming to him. Actually, uh, Julian, right. Mister Mister Thawne. Uh, and he's like, why won't you guys just give me the money? And he slams this guy into the wall. Absolutely. I mean, he's probably...
1: You hear a crack.
0: Yeah. If he's, if he's, if he's not paralyzed, there's, there's, there's something wrong. From there we go back to the iceberg lounge. Um, we understand that Julian is working with the penguin. Um, penguin's kind of, um, not shown here. It's just kind of shown him reaching into a fishbowl and he pulls out a fish and starts... Eating it. Um, it sounds like there was a conversation that Julian was interested in this dancer, and if he did this thing for the penguin, he would get what he wanted from this dancer.
1: It's partially that. Is it's that what you got? Part. What, what more of it is that he did and have fun with the dancer? Oh, he did. Okay. They, had, they have that video of it now. And
0: oh, okay. He doesn't
1: want to get caught by the line.
0: Got it. Okay, there's video. So
1: okay. it's a whole blackmailing situation.
0: Got it. So he's blackmailing Julian, um, the, the security guard. He's like, oh, you know, if you do this for me, he'll just rough, he'll just rough you up a little. He doesn't tell him it's Wayland Jones by any means, no. but obviously Penguin was in on this bank job, and so was the security guard knowing that something's going down. Uh, 5.16 p.m., Batman arrives to the First National Bank. It is too late for Mr. Thon. He comes up and he puts his uh, fingers on the pulse of Mr. Thon. And he is passed um he's obviously dead um
1: say that crack was more than just a did, yeah he's more than just a broken neck or That something. That's, it was uh, that's killed him
0: that's why it's gone he says the money or wayland says the money now how many of you are going to die for this money it's not even your money it's rich people's money um batman has arrived and he's behind the teller counter and he disguises his voice and says sir i think i can help you and, uh wayland turns around and says what From there, we move back to Mr. Barrington's office. The Riddler is talking to him. He says, uh, uh, Mr. Barrington says, please, I'll give you anything you want, but if somebody, you know, hurt my cookie, I'm going to be so upset. And he says, uh, he's on the phone with um, Selena Kyle. This is who he's on the phone with, but we find that out in a minute. Um, He says, you know, give uh, the phone says, please, Ronnie, give them whatever they want. She's a crazy person. There's blood everywhere. It hurts. And these crazy guards are, you know, dead and blah, blah, blah. Riddler grabs the phone and hangs it up and he says, we should move swiftly. You just can't control these animals. From there, we move back to the Barrington home. These guards, um, see Selena Kyle come out from the powder room in her Catwoman suit. And these guys are trained killers. They, whew, they, uh, they're kind of shocked to see a, a Catwoman. Moving back to the bank, um, Waylon Jones says, who's that? Obviously talking to Batman. He's like, are you going to give me my money, or are you just itching to die a little earlier? He reaches over the counter, and Batman grabs him by the throat and slams him down on the counter, and you kind of hear, gah. Uh, from there, again, back to the Riddler talking to Mr. Barrington. Um, there's a security guard uh, at the elevator, and he says, well, this is quite unusual. And he says, of course it's unusual, Mr. Spellman. There are reports uh, of a madman at First National. These are on normal times. Um, from there, they take an elevator down, and he's like, "If you guys heard a hair on my cookie's head," and Riddler's like, "It's too late for that. Let's just see if you can keep her alive." We come to a vault door, and Mister um, Barrington says, "Vault five is what you're. At. You know, vault five is that what you're after? This is madness. Even I don't have access for this. No matter what threats." You make to my family. I certainly cannot open it. And if you think you can just break the lock, well, I don't know what you're doing. And I don't think you do either. And the Riddler says, yes, Barrington. It is quite a riddle, isn't it? From then we move back to the Barrington home with these assassins shooting at Selena Kyle. She is obviously very aerobatic and just goes right through all of them um, and kicks both these guys in the face, knocking them unconscious as far as we know. There's a big crack.
1: At least one looks like it's a throat cut. Man. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah. It's, it's pretty graphic. It's pretty brutal. It's pretty
0: bad. Uh, from there, this is uh, previously a week ago in the sa- in a safe house near the Gotham River. Croc kisses Vena Angleton, a woman he's known since before that accident that marked his body. And she says, stop it, I just can't. And he says, I'm sorry. And she says, uh, it's just gross. It doesn't feel right. And he says, maybe... Doc said I could get these surgeries to get some skin grafts. If I got, uh, that, would you, would you, you know, be more interested in me? He says it's gonna cost a lot of dollars, but I know a, a way to make it. And, uh, it'd be hard, but I'd do it for you. I'm sure I would. And she's like, what are you gonna do? Go steal something, get caught again, or, you know, some, go, go do a bank job for some loser? And he's like, I know a guy, and he has all the money in the world. From there, we move back to the bank, and Batman has, clobbered Wayland Jones. Um, uh, March, oops, excuse me, 5.22 p.m., Batman and Croc exchange blows behind the tiller window. Um, with Croc occupied hostages in the bank start to stream out into the in, uh, into the streets, uh, being safely escaped. From there we have Edward Nigma who has opened the vault, and he is now in a room filled with safe deposit box. And he's talking himself, going, which one? Which one? Oh, of course. He grabs a saved deposit box. He says, this is you, my sweet, isn't it? Yes, I think so. Opens it, and it says, Barrington, look what we did. No one, absolutely no one thought it could be done. And my God, we solved it. Back to the Barrington home, we have Selena Kyle, Cookie. She's got a claw on her temple, and she's kind of going down it. There's kind of blood going on, and she's like, you're scared. That's good. It's going to be good for what we're about to do. From there, we move back to the bank. We have uh, Batman still fighting Waylon. Says uh, everybody talks about you like you're some big bad bad, but look at you—you're tiny. You're tiny. There's some crass language in here, but I'll—I'll I'll let that be. Uh, it's, it's actually kind of funny. I think it's well written. Uh, it says uh, Batman loses two teeth in the brawl. The croc loses thirteen. But I think that's not fair because I think the croc has more teeth. He definitely does. Yeah, he definitely, <laughs> I there's thinking, a lot more teeth. I was there. thinking that. I was like, I think there's—think he's got more teeth. Uh, from there, we see Riddler exiting the, from when he was with Barrington, the vault. Um, they're, they're, they're 30 miles away, it says. You know, this is on two different sides of town, the bank and then whatever's going on with Riddler. He gets in the car, and it's Catwoman and it's Selina, and she says, uh, How'd it go? Oh, I don't know if that's Selena. Is it? It is. Oh, so she was wearing a wig before. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice that. Uh, she's got, you know, dark hair, and she goes, How'd it go? He says, uh, Mr. Barrington says, Please don't kill his wife. And she says, that's nice. Tell him I said hi next time you see him. No promises about the wife, though. He goes, do you want to see it? And she goes, I didn't pick you up for the company. Selena, my dear, we did it. He opens the safety deposit box, and she's like, oh, my gosh. From there, we move to Vera. This is uh, Crocs Vera. Yep. Gets a knock at the door, and she's like, coming. An old man is at the door, and it's, uh, he says, uh, you are not to spend it. You are to hide it. When he is released from Arkham, you are to give it to him. And she says, who are you? And he says, I'm the help. Walk, walk. I didn't get the walk, walk, but <laughs> anyways. Uh, hands, her, hands her a bag. Because and- he works for the pig one. Oh, I didn't think of that. Walk, 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 yep, that's what it is. I didn't think of that. Uh, opens this bag, and there is a ton of money. And She's an old croc you shouldn't have. So, obviously, the money that he's going to use for skin grafts, um, she'll probably spend it all, but eh, whatever. Uh, from there, three hours later, Penguin meets with Riddler and Catwoman in Gotham Central Park near the Wayne Memorial statue. I love this statue. I think it's great. Um, obviously, Thomas holding Martha, and it's uh, the three of them kind of standing on it. It's kind of holy ground for Batman, I'm sure, and they're they're doing a deal right under it. It's great. Um. Riddler's, uh, talking to Penguin. He's like, they said it was impossible. Whack, 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 whack. But look what I did. And he says, uh, I, Penguin says, I don't like games because I'm not a child. Uh, your payments, which are quite substantial, are in your accounts. You may check them now or later. It doesn't make a difference. But will you give that to me? And, uh, he says, we agreed, or Riddler says, we agreed to meet with no weapons, but you have an umbrella. I may be a child, but I'm not an infant. He says, it's an umbra- a penguin says, it's an umbrella, just normal umbrella, it was raining. Selena says, uh, he says, a riddler says, oh, of course, and if that's the case, do you mind if I hold it? From there we go to, this is the only part that's a little weird to me, but from there we go to uh, 4 or 5 BC on what will become April 21st at 7.32 PM. The priestess of the Temple of Athena attends the premiere of Bacchae and Euripides on the southwest lawn of Acropolis. Uh, Ripetus has died, and his son has taken his place to perform this play. Uh, basically, during the play, one of the actors is ripped limb from limb in front of all these people. Um, finally, in her mind's eye, there is nothing left uh, of the great of Greece but his head on a spike and his blood on the ground. From there, we move back to the deal that was happening between Catwoman, Penguin, and Riddler, and he is beating the Penguin in the face multiple times. Uh, it says he will hit him forty-six times with this just plain old umbrella, just, just like he said. Wow! Beating the beating the bejesus out of him. Uh, from there, they see the bat signal light up the sky, and Selina says, "Hurry up, we gotta go. There's a signal. Come on." Uh, <laughs> Riddler says, "Give a man a fish, he eats for a day." Give a man a poison fish, he eats for the rest of his life. And we see Penguin's face, and it is just mangled. He's missing teeth. It's... It's it's messy. It's rough. Yeah. Uh, From there, we come back to... Or we move forward in time a little bit to 8.42 p.m., so this is kind of after Commissioner Gordon meets with the Batman on the roof of the GCPD headquarters for the second time that fateful evening. Um, Batman, or excuse me, Gordon's like, could be a coincidence. This is Gotham. Banks get robbed every day, you know, thinking kind of nothing about it. And Batman says, Jim, the vault they accessed was at Vault 5. And, of course, you know, Jim's like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think that is. Uh, the president said that Barrington, yeah, Vault. Vault 5, how did you know that? What's in Vault 5? There's something, you know, something I've got to know. And he turns around. And that's where it is. Classic Batman. Classic Batman. Um, yes, I re- ghost him on the roof. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, I, I again, it, it definitely keeps me. I was kind of telling Josh earlier, it keeps me interested for what's going to happen next. Um, I I really want to know what's in the in the box, obviously, but it's kind what's of a yeah, what's in the box? kind of a Quentin Tarantino briefcase kind of thing. You, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, there's definitely something coming down the line, so. Uh, I give it four. I, 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 did enjoy it. The art's fantastic. Um, it's, 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 written really, really well. There's some funny pieces in there. Anything with, with, with Killer Croc, I really enjoy. Um, Will and Jones is one of my favorites. So, um, him having a love interest in this, it doesn't always come across in everything he does. So him having this, um, love interest in here and kind of a little bit more of motivation. Sometimes he's just a, you know, mad killer, you know, he's out of his mind. But in this, he definitely has a little more motivation and I enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, so four out of five. Heck yeah! Well, as yeah, as yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's 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 good stuff. I mean, Tom King. Generally speaking, pretty much everything he does is great. Uh, I there's a lot of people giving flack for his uh, City of Bane, but whatever. It just it maybe you need to be a little shorter, but it, it still reads fine. I mean, story wise, I like how this thing is a uh, anachronautical, how it moves around in
0: time, which is awesome. It um, may move around in time a little too much. It's cool, but you're like back, forth, back, forth. Maybe, maybe like three or four less transitions. I'd be like, all right, this is, this is a little more solid. I'd probably give it a four to four, four and a half at that point.
1: Sure, I, I like the way it jumps mostly because it's like telling you all these things that happen at the same time, and like when it finally lines anything up at the end, where Catwoman shows up to pick him up. It's after all the other stuff happened at the house and it explains how it goes in order in the weird order. Sure. But, yeah, as far as, like, a thing, the art's great. I mean, I like the story enough. I'm interested to see what was in the box. I mean, that's what we're supposed to be interested in.
0: Well, it's got to have something to do with Bruce, right?
1: Well, it has to, but, like, well...
0: this it doesn't scene, necessarily.
1: You would think
3: that it does, but... I don't I think mean, it does. It has something to do with, like... Ancient Greece? Yeah.
1: that's It's an artifact good. of
3: some sort, and I think that, like, Bruce knows what it is, because him and Diana are friends. I think that there's, like... Okay. I think something potentially, I mean... I did, yeah, because I didn't get the ancient Greece thing. I was like,
0: "Why is this here?" I
3: thought it's an artifact from then. Got it. That like causes something or does something. And mm-hmm. it's just like the Riddler, like attacking Penguin, and he has the artifact. What happens with that? Does it make that person more like is the Riddler isn't necessarily always known for just like just crushing people and being like super That's super true. crazy violent? So like mm-hmm. there's that in that. And by like, CBS, you saying that you wish it would have been shorter?
1: No. No, no. There, there's a different series of Tom King He was, he was talking guys. about
0: City of Bane. Oh. Bain. Totally
1: different story. Yeah. This I thought, thought you were talking about fine. this issue. I was just no, like, I No, like, oh. no, 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 no. This issue's length is fine. So score-wise, I, mean, I give it a four also. Any
3: individual issue that's longer than the normal 20-some pages, I, I'm all for That's, That's what I was going to say, but obviously that's not what you're saying. So no, much. no. Um, I think that he knows what's in that box. I think that it belonged to somebody at a certain point, and he was like, fine. Batman was potentially fine with where it was and being left alone, and nobody knowing that it was in it, that it was there. Right, he knew it was there because he's Batman. He's like, I'll just leave it there. I mean, that's a best place, better place than any for it to be safe. It's in a gigantic bank vault somewhere, like hidden and protected. So, like the fact that somebody else figured out that there was something that was of danger in there,
1: right? Or at least interesting enough to go through all the trouble for. I mean, as far as the thing, like it's,
3: it's. I think it's dangerous.
1: It'd be if it wasn't, it'd be weird. Right.
3: And so, I mean, obviously, it's just like Killer Croc's bank robbery is to distract the other bank robbery. Right. Which is like, and like, to get to the vaults, like, Selena Kyle and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's, it all plays normal. It reads normal. Like, it, it, re- it flows well. Like, I give it a four. It's a solid read. Like, the art's fantastic. Like, it's a good book. It is fantastic. I hope, I hope it, I hope it pays off. I just, I mean, I've told CBS this like multiple times. I just, Batman is such, he is a brilliant character. And like, this is, this is Batman Eve, basically. So we're going to do a Batman book. Yeah. I get it. But like, so by the time this comes out, Batman has been out for the weekend because it usually comes out on Sundays-ish, Sunday nights. But like, mm. um, I just, I'm saying that like, Batman is such a brilliant character that they're going to all, they can, you can write a good story about Batman anytime because he's so great. So like, if it's going to be better than normal Batman stories it has to be fantastically told. And so I hope this one is cuz it has a more of a true crime feel to it and less of a superhero feel to it. Agreed. That's what I'm kind of that's what I'm kind of hoping for it. So that's why I only give it a 4. And that that's my thing on it. Like bringing in and bringing multiple characters. Like you have like four baddies in it.
1: Right. Yeah, I like the casting of characters that are that there's as many as there are and none of them are the Joker.
3: Yes, I, so lo- like, I do I like love that. that. Which I do love that. Yeah, I'm like, I'm. Joker's cool. outplayed.
1: And we'll see what happens with the rest of it. And if it, if it goes through the whole menagerie of characters, okay, so be it. But I like the way it starts, and it's, it's a heist with a mystery. Right. So. And this
3: is more of the, uh, I know, and they're, they're always different. It is different between who writes it and what's going on. But Penguin wise, sometimes he's more gangstery. Yes. Sometimes he's more Batman Returnsy, and like, uh, Right, with like the like the more creepy side of him, like he he goes back and forth, he plays back and forth, and this one with like with the new Batman film coming out, they're both like Riddler and Penguin are both in that film, and the he's casting
1: more, is very he's, situational for the movie.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. Like obviously, like, they they plan this. Like, oh, yeah. this yeah. is not like, really this wise is not it's unfun- good timing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very much there for a
0: reason. Um, Killer Croc, though. I mean, well, I mean, we'll just we'll see where he goes. I like that they basically, you know. Penguins obviously the one pulling the strings, and Selena and Riddler are like, "All right, man, we're gonna beat the bejesus out of you, and then head out. <laughs> we're gonna steal whatever's going on." He's kind of the mastermind behind the plan because he was obviously you think that he uh, is to well, the beginning. But, 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 but also, uh, does Riddler know more than he, he? Riddler looks at it. Yeah, but I, I mean, at, at least the, at least the Waylon Jones yeah. part. I mean, he's the one who got you know.
1: He set up the bank. Yeah, he set up the bank in robbery. Yeah, for that particular bank. Yeah, yeah. he yeah.
0: knew what was. I think. I think Penguin obviously knew it was in the box too. They all might have.
1: It's a very good possibility. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 at the double cross. Killer Croc doesn't. No, Killer no, Croc, Croc no, Croc doesn't. doesn't. Yeah, no, Croc Croc's, Croc's there for the money. It's Totally different reasoning. Yeah. yeah, when it gets to the double cross with with Riddler and Penguin. It just proves that Riddler may have been hired. Well, he was definitely hired because he tells, he tells both Catwoman right. and that he Right, I paid him. you. Yeah, I paid you. But just because he was paid didn't mean that he was there to work for the Penguin. True. I mean, Enigma's one of those that usually has his own whatever, and whether sure. it's all for a, a Riddler or something stuck in his head or whether it's for money, it kind of goes around in a circle that way. I mean, he's another one of those bad guys that, unlike the Joker, just wants chaos. right. He's got a similar flavor with that when it comes to puzzles mm-hmm. and the need for puzzles to cause problems.
0: I like the suit. The suit is. Oh, yeah. If it didn't say Edward Nigma, obviously any fan would know, but if it didn't say Edward Nigma, you'd be like, okay, who's this guy? There's not, you know, question mark. Yet. There's nothing really. It's just a green suit. Kind, mean, of, kind of classic. Yeah, it's very classic. And all, yep. and,
3: and all the different suits you see Catwoman in over the years, like, she, she, she's definitely doing the Batman Returns-esque yes. Like suit. Yes, You know, you got the definitely Batman Returns-esque painting yes. one, too, and yeah. this one was, I thought was cool. I just, again, when it comes to Batman, you can do a thousand Batman stories every single day of the week because he's so brilliant, and he's this, and he's been he's been played up to be a superhero when he's really just a man, and blah, blah, blah. He's, like, basically the Tony Stark of the DC Universe. Sure. You know, you can see, but, but, I mean, Tony Stark's the Bruce Wayne of the Marvel Universe, whatever. But, like, at the end of it, like, you can do all these different stories. And he's, like, got his best friend Superman and, he, like, this and this and this and that. But, like, when you just do a good Batman story, when he's literally just let to be a detective, when really, like, that's that's what he has, he's the world's greatest detective. If you let him just be that, the stories can write themselves. You don't always have to just, like, play off this crazy, like, well, his son's a... An assassin because his mom was, a, and, was like, and there's all these different crazy like and his back was broken and he came back from like and he's just I I'd let it be what it is. Well, and this is very grounded, and that's why yeah, I like this I, is very that's, Usually, I just like oh, another Batman. Okay, cool. I'll read it. And I'm just like, oh, I don't even, okay. Who's this person? Who's that person? They just bring in all these people, and he's supposed to be this like dark and brooding character. And he's got a million sidekicks, and just like he's not dark and brooding, and he's not a loner. He's not this. He's got a th- he's got a team of a thousand people. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like, come on, man. And this one's just like, just Batman it's solving a crime. Yep. I'm like, that's it's bare bones, and I liked it. it that's is, yep. that's what takes me to like a Batman story.
1: Good. I'm glad you like that. That's good stuff. See so if, after that, we'll move on to the uh, good boy. Good boy. So, good boy is br- it's released by uh, Source Point Press. Uh, this guy's written by uh, Garrett Gunn and Christina Blanch. The art is by uh, Kit Whalus. I mean, I do like this book a lot. The cover's fantastic. Uh, it did have two covers. There's a cover by Francis Fringavia, and then the uh, the uh, primary cover is Nick Bradshaw on issue one, which I mean, Nick Bradshaw is... He's the other Arthur Adams, so that's why it looks so good, because he's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, so when the book first opens up, we are on the hillside um, in a graveyard. And then we see a shadowed figure, and we learn pretty quickly this figure is a dog. So in this world, animals, at least dogs, are anthropomorphic. So they, you know, walk around like people, drive cars like people, do things like people. And we have this voiceover. And uh, this particular voice over where it picks up, he says, Before humans die, they write their last will and testament. And we get a close-up of the dog's eyes, and you see he's crying, and he's looking down at the gravestone, and he's like, They give all their things away that they leave behind, and then we see a shot of a man in a fight with, like, five guys, trying to stab him, and he's doing okay. I mean, he's got one guy punched out. And we cut to the uh, the dog, now he's kneeling in front of the gravestone, and he's like, Hey, John. And then uh, we have some more inner monologue plays. Like I don't have, I don't have the options. I don't have those options. So in this world, apparently, the animals don't own things like that, but people do. And he says, so "I can't leave you the same stuff, or same things, but I will not leave anything behind for those who did this to you, except for the, what they meet, the, the, except for the way they meet their end at my hand." And you see him like uh, brush away some of the leaves that are on the grave, and we cut back to it. Uh, another flashback, which the flashbacks are colored black, color black and white. And, uh, it's got him and then the fellow we saw earlier behind him. And, uh, the monologue goes on and says, They took you from me. We see, of course, a fight going on, and the dog scratches one dude across his face and leaves these crazy scratches in his eyes. And then that dude kicks the dog. And then we cut back to a, a pretty cool, like, face close-up of our dog. And it, it's separated by framing... So that way you get the inner monologue and then him actually talking. And that, that
0: is a really cool page. So frame by frame, it's, it's going... It's so cool. Yeah, imagine a just a full-on front picture of the dog's face, and then you have panel by panel white lines in between. It's really, really well done.
1: Right, it's, it's great. Like, the layout is so cool. And he's like, it's such a return the favor to them, slow and calculated. I'm going to take everything that's beautiful from their lives. This is my will and this is my testament. And then we cut the the next frame down and see he's talking. So he, it's his inner monologue while he's also talking to his dead friend's grave. And he's like, uh... Then he says, the guild has led me to the scumbags who did this. I'd be lying if I said I, I expect to see you again. Well, at least not here. You're always with me, John. And then now we see a shot of the dog. And John's face smashed in, blood everywhere. and um, Clearly dying. And we get some more monologue and uh, him getting ready to go to war. He's like, I'm going to hurt them. I'm going to hurt them like they hurt you. And we see uh, in his hand, he's got a gun there at the gravesite. He's like, they killed, or they say, he says, you killed my John, my companion, my best friend. I'm going to slaughter every single one of you. And his face turns very stern, and uh, he's leaving the gravesite now. And we see another flashback where he sees him sitting on John's body, you know, the same way an animal would comfort a person. And he's like, "You, I used to be a good boy." And we find out his name is Flint because we find his collar he's got it in his hand. He leaves on John's grave. He says, "I'm afraid those days are long gone because he used to be a good boy and now he's going to be a bad boy." So he leaves the collar for John. Off he goes into the night. We cut to a scene of a limousine where a very, and he's, it's it's a really big car. It's probably supposed to be a limousine. Yeah. Inside it, we got a man. He's like, I think we're in trouble. And he, he's on a phone with another guy. And he says, "Looks like there's a problem, boss." And he's like, "The dog." He's, he "What gives you that idea?" And he's like, "Well, he's gotten really still. He's gotten really quiet. I think this is a problem." And the guy's like, "You can handle a dog. Just handle it." And then we cut to the shot to see who it is on the phone, and it's the dude with the scratches over his eye. So we got one dead eye, and he's got the scars across his face from the uh, claw marks. He's like, oh,
0: I'd be pleased to. He looks just like the guy who delivered the money to Waylon Jones's lady. He does. It's the exact same dude. I mean,
1: casting-wise, it would be the same <laughs> actor. Uh, from there, we cut to the house, and now uh, we see this is... So what this is,
0: folks... You should have started with this, by the way. No, it's good here. Oh, okay.
1: This okay. is John Wick.
0: I disagree, but... If the
1: dog lived, and the dog could talk and use a gun.
0: Right. You think uh, you should have started with it? I mean, I think he should have. Yeah. Me too.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, it it, here's, it, it, here's the, the, little... the, it is the exact okay. same house. He's only halfway through, so let him finish. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get to it.
1: So it goes through all the steps of the, the same steps that happen in the movie. So that's gonna make this and get a lot quicker. So uh, he goes through the house, cleaning things up, putting things away. He talks about how the two of them left in the, they left the business because they're both so good at killing, and they were too good at killing. And then one day they met they met a lady. And uh, that's what made the two of them quit. And we see that outside he's at a doghouse. The doghouse has a hidden panel that you use your paw to open that leads to a hidden downstairs. So very like in John Wick when he goes into his basement. And Inside this basement there's guns everywhere, all kinds of weapons, and the entire time this inner monologue is running about how the two of them got to leave the, got to leave because of a miracle, and that she was the miracle, until that one day the drunk driver came across the median and killed her. And then after that, the miracle is gone, and the two of them are just left with each other. And so it, as he's doing all this, of course, he's packing his bags, he's cleaning out his papers, and collecting all of his coins and grenades and everything else. And then, of course, he sets the hidden basement underneath his doghouse on fire. Goes inside the house, removes the painting from the wall, opens up the safe, and inside the safe are a bunch of coins, just like John Wick finds the keys to the car, goes out to the garage, and he, we have some more internal monologue that is about how John never let him drive. But John never let him, John wasn't good about sharing, especially things that were left from his father. And so inside the garage is this nice, like, all black truck that is it's supposed to be pretty fancy. And, uh, John's father left it to him, and John's father was not a very good man, but he was really good at, with the vehicles. And so the dog gets in, and he takes off, and one last tear in his eyes, he's leaving. Uh, he's like, they, their family, is really good at taking care of grief. And their family is stronger than grief. And he pulls out of the garage. Uh, as he's leaving, he meets this old lady in the driveway. And she's like, how you doing, Flint? And he's like, I appreciate this. And he hands her a stack of coins. And she's like, "Your dog a few words. I always like that about you. And he's like, yep, that's all I need to say. She's like, see you around, pal. And he's like, nope, you won't. And off he pulls in the, in the car and drives... However far he has to drive, eventually he comes to a gas station. He stops at the gas station. There's a girl working outside smoking a cigarette. She's like, "I'll be in help you in a minute." And he's like, "Yeah, you guys got a bathroom?" And she tells him where the bathroom is. He goes inside, uses the bathroom, cleans his hands, comes out, gets a couple drinks, comes up to the register to pay for the drinks. There's a man behind the register, and uh, as the man reaches for his uh his brute beer to uh scan it, he sees this tattoo on the guy's wrist. He's like, hmm, I would have thought I could have got a little farther we had to deal with all these problems. And uh, he looks outside and he sees that the uh, cigarette that the girl was smoking is just laying on the ground. And that tells him this guy with the weird tattoo on his hand is part of the group after him. And so he blows that guy away pretty readily. He
0: just shoots him right in the face. Oh, man. It's, it's brutal.
1: It, entirely. Uh, from there, he gets rushed by another dog. The two of them have a, a pretty good fist fight. Uh eventually leads knives and Battle wise, eventually, when I've seen the uh, shop girl's been tied up, and so they've got her basically held hot. Well, not held hot, she's just tied and stuck away. Right. While they try to kill John, of course. Or while they try to kill Flint, excuse you me. You even
0: called him John. I mean, he's John. <laughs> he's, he is. He is. While well, he
1: tries to kill, they try to kill Flint. And uh, the two of them have, they have some pretty good lines between the two of them as they're fighting. And it turns into a formal of fist brawl. But eventually, um, Flint gets a hold of a broken bottle from the smashed up store, and that's the end of the other dog. Uh, he lets the girl go and uh, <laughs> collects uh, the phone from a guy he shot in the face and uh, takes a phone call from it. Um, and, of course, the guy's like, Frankie, you kill that pooch yet? And then he's like, Frankie's dead, Jake. Or, Frankie's dead, Jake's dead, too. Jake was the dog that was with Frankie. Right. So Frankie got in the face. Jake got the beat down in the bottle. Uh-huh. He's like, and you're next, Vinny. Hangs up the phone, and then... Uh, we fast forward a little later, Flint dries off, and we're joined by a couple cops that are now interviewing uh, the gas station girl about the robbery, and she's giving her explanation of things, and uh from there we cut to, uh, I don't, do they ever tell us this guy's name? This is they Vinny. don't.
0: I think it's, it's not Vinny, no. It's to do
1: with the scar on his face, right. I, they haven't really said, I don't think they've said his name ever. He's talking
0: to Vinny for sure. He is. Yeah.
1: And of course, he gets a phone call from Vinny, who's very, 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 very unhappy, and, uh... He tells him, you guys have to take care of this, and he's like, all right, fine. And then we spin around to see that, well, it turns out that he also travels with another dog, it's like a Doberman Pinscher, and uh, the Doberman says, we'll do it ourselves. So the way this world works, you have a companion, your companion dog, um, at least for this group, is an assassin with you. Yes. So it's like your psychic assassin.
0: It is John Wick to the letter. Oh, 100%. It's great.
1: Um, a series, like, as far as the series, the series is only three issues long. So all three issues have come out, they've got a soft cover trade that I think came out maybe oh gosh, maybe last week.
0: Did you finish all of them? Oh yeah. Is it great? No, it's great. I bet.
1: I, yeah, if you, if you like John Wick, sure. then then you'll like this book. I mean
0: Who doesn't like John Wick?
1: I you know, I don't know.
0: If you're out there and you don't like John Wick, you're wrong. I'm sorry.
1: It's it's fantastic. It it's so great. fun. Like the writing is yeah, it's John Wick. But the way things are written where we re spin things. Is Respin really so cool. Like the whole him inter her mm-hmm. at the grave is mm-hmm. great. It's priceless. Mm-hmm. Um like score-wise, I give it a 4. It's awesome. Like I liked it a lot. The colorings really cool. It's uh just that panel alone with the close-up panel with everything broken up. Yeah, that's I thought it was so cool. Really like, smart. So like it's put put the other pretty well. I mean, Source Points put out a bunch of stuff that's really cool. But yeah, this one yeah, I give it I give it a 4 and I thought it was awesome. Um Mr. Josh, what do you what do you know about the good boy? So, I'm going to
3: disagree that this, in this world, that the animals are anthropomorphic because at the beginning, in the flashbacks, it's a regular dog.
1: Right. But when he's at the gravesite, he's fully dressed. Okay. I know. I know, you're,
3: I know what you're saying. I'm, I've, I've read the book. Okay. I'm just saying that, like, I'm disagreeing that, like, I don't think they're anthropomorphic. I think it's...
0: How they view themselves?
3: Yeah. Okay. I like
1: that, too. That's That's still awesome. So the dog views himself as an action hero. Yes. Even though he's just a dog. Yes. I can go with that. Well,
0: you finished the whole thing. I mean... Does yeah, it, I mean, it
1: doesn't really change throughout. It doesn't change... Okay. No. Okay. It doesn't change throughout.
0: I'm okay with either or. Yeah, that, so, I like that too. He is a regular dog in like the flashback when John's being killed. It's
1: true he is. Yeah. Yeah. But collecting the guns and burning the house... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he just
0: does it all with his, you
1: know, mouth. I mean, it's, They are very crafty animals. They
0: are, yeah.
3: I mean, anyway... I got like, a three. It's like, it's okay. I mean, I like John Wick, but, like, I like John Wick. I'm, I'm not like, oh, my gosh, John Wick is the greatest I've ever seen. I'm like, I like John Wick. It's pretty good. Sure. Like, Man, and, they, and they just keep they just keep making more, and I'm just like,
2: ah.
3: Like, if it would have just been one, it would have been fantastic, and then, like, two it was like, ah. and as they keep going, I'm just like, and now there's a fourth one coming away. Like, they're don't all
0: care. great. They're just silent. okay, though. Oh, they're so well, good. Well, kind of like
3: how you feel about <laughs> Fast and the Furious. Yes. Like, I think now,
0: that, we we keep, we should. shouldn't talk about that. That's going to lead us down the wrong road. I'm, I, I'm
3: not leading down a road. It's just like I think that as Fast and Furious move on, they get more ridiculous and more fantastic, and like they just keep upping the ante. With John Wick, it just continues to be the same movie over and over and over. That's what way. I like about it. It's just like I'm just like eh, eh. Like the first one, was like, oh, that's cool. That was really really good. And See, then you like, like Fast and Furious more than John Wick?
1: Yeah. It's a fantastical part of it that he likes.
3: If it was like, if I had to choose one franchise over the other one, for absolutely sure, I would pick Fast and Furious. (laughs) Okay. I'm not saying that, like, as far as choices go, like, if I met some dude on the street that I was street racing in my ridiculous tank top and my oversized bootcut jeans, that I wouldn't choose my dog. That somebody murdered my dog, I I would crazy and murder a bunch of people. I get that. For sure, I would definitely murder a bunch of people. I mean, we've had that conversation. Sure. Like, no offense, I would murder both of you guys for my dogs. I mean, that's just a thing. Like, you guys know that. But you guys would also, like, murder people for my dogs as well, and I would murder you, uh, people for your guys' dogs. Like, that's just we that's how we feel about animals. Sure. But I'm, what I'm saying is that, like, as ridiculousness goes, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and the stakes c- c- keeps getting set higher, I'm like, well, quit getting a dog. If you keep worrying about people murdering your dog, quit getting one. You're a hitman for hire. Well,
1: the second one's still alive.
3: And the only thing that you have an attachment to okay, but then like but that's still an attachment to something. Quit getting a dog, man.
1: <laughs>
3: like quit having an attachment to anything. You chose this life. Let it go. You know?
1: And now it's about revenge and survival. But yeah, it's a different it's a different shape of things.
3: Anyway. I mean I give it like a three. Like I, I like the art. The art's good, the the cartooniness, like it's clean. I mean, it's it's kind of a funny idea, but I was just like, I don't know what's going on with this. I was like, eh, oh, it's okay. <laughs> like, and you, th- I, I think that you thought it was so fantastic, and I was like, when you told me the idea, I was like,
2: eh.
3: And I also do wonder how they got away with making it without it being like, a, like getting
0: in trouble.
1: I, you know, I have no idea. I, when it comes to.
0: There's subtle differences. The, there is. The, the coins are not gold, they're silver. Right. Is the- it enough, though? No, the house is the same house. It's uh, the same story. Pretty much, the house is the same house.
1: Except for the fantastical part where it's a dog doing it. Yeah, I think you have a
0: different. Uh, so, she she doesn't die from cancer. She, uh, the, the The wife dies from a car accident. So right. I mean, it, it's definitely a. I don't know. I don't know if it's as long as
1: thirty percent different. That's the way I understand it. Easily, right? yeah, it's thirty
0: percent.
1: Mister Brown, what do you think about
0: the? Uh, Oh I, I, I'll tell you, I, I, would give it a probably three and a half. Um, I would give it a four if the art were a little more, um, not as cartoony. I like that. I think it's good art. I do, but maybe a little more, um, gritty, a little more teeth, a little more, um, I don't know. I can just picture in my mind the same story drafted in a different art form that would be just. A banger. I mean, it would be it would be you know a five out of five for sure. But it's supposed to be funny and it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be good. But I, I did enjoy it. Again, you know, being the parody of John Wick, three three and a half for sure. It's it's a good book. Good Boy is a good book.
1: <laughs> Groovy. Groovy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to move on to some uh, some strange from Marvel. Issue forty five. You want to tell us a story about uh, Clea?
3: All right, Strange Number One. Um, it's written by Jed McKay and drawn by Marcella Ferreira. And before we get into this, we're not talking about Stephen Strange because he's um, recently passed away. Um, That's true. Yeah. And we are tonight talking about his lady love, Um, Clea Strange. I guess you would say because yeah. in her realm they don't have they they don't have last names, so she took his. His name and uh, she just a little little back history. Um, she first appeared in Strange Tales number one twenty six of November of nineteen sixty four. So she's been around for quite a while. Um, I think a lot of people were surprised that she was the one that took over the mantle of the Sorcerer Supreme. So uh, that's where this book picks up. And here we go. So the first um, panel of this book is it's. Lightning, it's raining, it's thundering, and she's got some blood around a little bit of blood around on her face, and she's screaming, I am the Sorcerer Supreme of this world, and one far more brutal, Who are you to tell me what it can and I cannot do. And somebody with a cloak and a golden mask, there's a saying, The wind between the gravestones, the hand upon the scythe, the reaper of the errant dead, I am the harvestman, and... You will not resurrect Stephen Strange, and so from there it goes to the morning before that that's happening at one seven seven eight Bleecker Street, which is home of Stephen Strange. And there's a knock at the door, and you see um, bats barking, doing his uh, bloodhound thing, but like floating through the air because he's a ghost dog, and he's like,
1: "Awesome, <laughs> right. he's in the book too." And, well, cause he, he's. There's no reason for him not to be. It's just awesome that he used him. It's great.
3: Well, yeah. And, she, well, she's like, she's Stephen Strange's like wife, basically. Yeah. And like, well, she is. And she's like, um, she like, come on, bats, please. She's like, remind herself, create a haunted suit of armor to answer the door. And the, the, the knocking keeps getting louder. And she's like, by the hoary host of Hogoth, I'm literally opening the door. And the funny thing is, like, as a bathrobe or like a, like a, a morning robe thing, she's putting on,
1: the cloak of uh, levitation. Yeah,
3: which makes me laugh so hard. She opens it and it's Doctor Doom, right? And it's like Claire. I was like, Ah, Victor von Doom. Speaking of haunted suits of armor, so funny. And like, so I'm gonna do a lot of dialogue in the, in my going through this book. And and he's like, What? And she's like, You had best come inside. Then I do have neighbors. He's like, Would you like coffee? The coffee of this dimension is tragic, but I'm certain you are used to it by now. And he's like, No. Like suit yourself, what do you want, Victor? This visit is a courtesy. Obviously with Strange Dead, I will attain the title of Source Supreme. I've come for the eye of Agamotto and the Cloak of Levitation and she's like
2: ah, uh,
3: No. And he's like no. She's like no, the title of Source Supreme belongs to Stephen Strange, my husband, which makes it mine now. And he just starts losing his losing it, and he's just like that is not how that is not that's not how it works. Strange could not simply just give the title to his woman. And then she's like, Yeah, here I am. And she's like, You're mad! And he's like, Often angry. Certainly I have been widowed twice within the span of a week. But I am the faulty, Victor. We do not have family names, so it seemed appropriate for me to take that of my late husband's. There's still a strange on Bleecker Street, and that strange is still the Sorcerer Supreme. And he's like, this, The trickery will not stand. And she's like, Careful, Victor. Remember to whom you speak. And he's like, this is absurd, I will not be spoken to in such, and he's, like, starting to, like, get magic coming out of his hands, and she just fully opens up, like, hair turns to the purple fire, full on the strange suit, because, like, at this point, she's still just, like, kind of in pajamas, and just eyes glowing white, and it's like, I will not be spoken to such in my place of power! I have no wish for this power, Victor. This was Stephen's design. His last wish, despite you in service to this world, that Victor Von Doom might never become the Sorcerer Supreme. This makes me laugh so hard.
1: <laughs> it's great. <laughs> awesome. It's great. So, so good.
3: This is not done. It's an outrage. The Vashanti will hear of this. And she's like, Ah, oh, yes, go and credit the Vashanti, Victor, by all means. Stephen fought the War of the Seven Spheres for the Vashanti. Fought it for 5,000 years. Will they honor his dying wish, do you think? Or will they acquiesce to the crying of Victor Von Doom? Victor Von Doom, who did nothing when the warlords invaded Earth. When the peregrine child and three mothers raised roughshod across the world. I wonder. This is not over, witch. Sorcerer, Victor. Sorcerer Supreme. (laughs) And then as she sits back down on the couch and he storms out, there's like two snakes that just come out of nowhere. They come like, like
0: out of her head almost. Like behind her, yeah. Yeah,
3: and it's just like... Make like a banana and split, baby. Yeah, put an egg in your shoe and beat it. And she's like, uh, he can't hear you, darling. He's like, yeah, you think we'd sass him if he could? I love that. <laughs> so I don't know enough about her to know, like, that she has, like, just random snakes at her friends. I
1: don't totally understand that either. Like, Which, like,
3: people who, like, are big Stephen, like, are big Doctor Strange fans and know a lot about her. Sure. Might be just really chastising us or, like crucifying us and like oh guys can't we know who they are but we don't so yep. yeah, the fact that I did a little bit of research and understand that she's fantastic and <laughs> if, if she's even more fantastic than that to you so be it if you don't know much about her do some research because she's
0: awesome she's awesome
3: so then uh Wong shows up and uh he's walking in the door of the Doom he's like is that Doom I just saw leaving? he's like yeah I'm afraid I hurt his feelings Wong he's like oh gods I wish I'd been there for that like, yeah, he underestimated me. Thought I would surrender without a fight. Won't happen again. He will be a problem, though. And he's like, really, Doctor Doom? You think so? <laughs> like, <laughs> she's like, hush. He's like, you he look like hell. He's like, it was a late night at the bar with no doors, or early morning. You mean? You mean late morning? He's like, hmm. You've been drinking far too much, Wong. Well, I still hurt, Clea. So it would appear I've been drinking, f- drinking far too little. Like you need coffee, and I need coffee. And earth coffee's a waste of time. I need proper dark dimension roast. Come with me. We'll buy seven. We'll put our minds back together. Well, there's a goblin market nearby. love we'll extra dimensional coffee. And she's like, excellent. You seem rather, and then he, and he's all, you seem rather chipper. And she's like, well, putting doom in his place did wonders for my mood. It's true. But the grief threatens drown me. Long, without some, t- without something to focus on, I fear I'll sink into it and die myself. So I have resolved upon a plan to throw myself into I mean, ourselves into. You see, we're going to bring Stephen back. And then is like, well, now normally it would be my duty to dissuade to the Sorcerer Supreme from such ideas. And she's like, don't bother. I'm a faultine, Wong. I'm not human. And I've never, I never have been. My mother is the Warlord Umar. My uncle, the Dread Dormammu. Which we've, if you haven't read Doctor Strange and you've only seen the movies, you've seen Dormammu before. Right. Uh, I have Warlord blood in these veins. I want what is mine, Wong, and Stephen Strange is mine. I will suffer no one, not even death, to take to, to take one who belongs to me. He's like, all right, how are we going about it? And she's like, truly? I have no idea yet. I thought it would take me longer to convince you not to try to stop me. <laughs> <laughs> makes me laugh again. so hilarious. Because usually Wong's like, no.
1: Yes, he's always he's like, like, my heart hurts
3: so bad I can barely function, Clea, let alone stop you. During the whole affair on the peregrine child, we were moving too quickly to properly grieve, and then he brought himself back. She And he's like, that's what she said, and he's like, long enough to save the world by any rate, but not long enough to save himself, gods, losing him twice, thrice the younger version of him, as well. Gods. Ah, here we are, and he opens a door, and there's some crazy, uh, and he calls it the Shrouded Bazaar, and it's... Like these golden skies and fairies and elves and dwarves and things and creatures and all sorts of stuff.
1: Right. You saw Hellboy 1, it's just like the bizarre there. Yeah, kind of. Yeah.
3: yeah. And she's like, ah, oh, spectacular. And then this, and her suit kind of looks like, reminds me of Evil Lynn a little bit.
1: Oh, the coloring, yeah. Yeah,
3: the purple can. and stuff. You see that, yeah. He's, uh, he's like, eh, it's not quite, it's, it is quite nice, isn't it? Elves, demons, trolls, goblins, there's quite a supernatural half-world in New York. Do you want a moose felium fire wasp wrap? And she's like, ah, no, thanks. Mmm, I believe that this has saved my life. And I'm like, that's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) He's
2: he's
1: eating gross (laughs) things. to feel better. He's
3: hungover for sure. (laughs) Right. And he's wearing, like, he's still got his, like, his long, like, like, what, what, whatever you would call it, like a gi, like whatever he wears, but he's got like a, just a regular baseball cap on. I'm like, (laughs) like (laughs) gi with baseball cap. Um, And she's like, all this is kept hidden with glamours, memory, charms, that sort of thing, huh? And he's like, well, more or less, plus obfuscation, runes and terror, cantrips, uninitiated. You see this alley as a mugging waiting to happen. And she's like, ah, but for the initiated, there's a whole different New York under the skin of the mundane. Even more so since the warlord incursion refugees from the realms destroyed by the child from Shattered... Kalumesh, Defectors from the Warlord States on Earth. It's just like so much talking.
1: There's a lot. Like, what she's referring to is the, the...
3: Well, the Death of Doctor Strange. Death of Doctor
1: Strange. That's all that stuff with the witches and the, the child that was eating universes. Right. All that stuff is from that book.
3: And so she walks up to a, uh, to a stall and there's a, like a, a big like bearded man... And, uh, and he's like, we have singing swords, mistress. We have dancing swords, vorpal swords, blessed swords. No serial numbers, no curses. Guaranteed to never break, never go dull. And say, so, hmm, who controls this place? And Wong's well, like, control? I don't know, to be honest. I've never a- thought to ask. And then the guy at the stall's like, we control ourselves, good mistress. This is a free bazaar. No one runs us. The king then tried, but, uh, our magic was too tricky for him. The hood tried, but he understood magic less w- well than he had thought the blasphemy cartel came around just yesterday thinking we would fold and we told them where to go in no uncertain terms and then all of a sudden you see these guys just walking down the street with like cloaks and this look like normal guys and all of a sudden they're, they're magically they're like cloaks are shedding and they're just like these guys in like military uniforms with numbers on their foreheads and you start hearing like just bullets firing and the guys like well they won't be, they shouldn't be back and Wong's like are you sure about that and all of a sudden these guys just start opening up on people and throwing grenades and things like that and uh just random people, the blasphemy cartel. They're back. Careful, they're warded. And like uh, somebody shoots the guy at the stall, the, the big beard like right in the face. Yeah, and uh, right next to Clea, and she just is like, no, 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 and like turns on her uh, sorcerer, sorcerer supreme outfit, and just I will not countenance this. And she so it's kind so it. of going for a wreck of a And so you get like a, uh, you get like one guy, um. Number 46, like, I'm clocking a massive, a cold power discharge. It's reading as, no, the source of is here. And then number 23 says, bull, Intel says, strange is dead. And she's like, nope, strange is here. And they're still shooting at her and like, stay cool. You're trained for this. Engage. And it's like, silver, cold, iron, ru- rune, scriven, lead. I'm sure this is very effective against hedge witches and gutter mages, but I am not that. And then she says a spell and snaps her fingers and they all just like, just start just Exploding basically, and Wong is like, "Oh, by the Vashanti," and
2: uh,
3: number another number forty six and twenty three, the two that have talked like are still. And she's like, "She cracked our wards like they were nothing." Use the Solomon grenade, and they throw a grenade, and it explodes, and a gigantic demon comes out. And it's like, "I am free," and she's like, "Ah, oh, magical ammunition wards, bound demons. You're better prepared than your typical gangsters." And then she says another spell. And like one of the number 46 of the two like explodes. She's like, but people were, but my people were binding demons to our souls while your people were still clicking rocks together in caves. <laughs> and, uh, the demons like, Wah! and she's like, and this will, this one will serve me when I wish. And then like sucks it in. And I was like, Oh my gosh.
1: But she's yeah, she sucks it in the amulet around her neck. Like nothing. Yeah.
3: And then, uh, number, this is nobody number 23 requesting immediate summoning. And they're like, hey, where are you going, little Mister Gangster, little Killer? Do not fear, Worm. I will allow your Magi to summon you back to safety because I want you to tell whomever you reports to. And then he's like, requesting summoning. He's like, this place is under my protection. I am the Sorcerer Supreme, and I am Warlord Born. I was like, dang. He basically turns into butterflies. What Gizzy's he getting summoning back to yeah. his, his realm?
1: While he's being transformed. Because he's talking into that.
3: He's talking yeah. into a mirror.
1: It's it's all so crazy, but awesome.
3: So then Wong and her are sitting there and they're having a glass of wine and dog sitting on her lap, like the the uh, the ghost dog bats. Bats. And mm-hmm. she's like petting them like So the great work and he's like, Yeah, bring Steven back. And the dog's like, You can do that? Like all like hopeful. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's gut wrenching. I was like, Come on, man. Bats is great. And he's like, Yes. Yeah. She's like, Yes, darling, I'm magic. And she's like, Don't get his hopes up, Clea. If you're gonna if you're going to do this, if we can there is a great deal of work to be done. It is not a, it is not so simple as that, Bats. And she's like, it may be even simpler than that, Wong. How many of Stephen's little friends, the caped and masked ones, have come back from the dead? And, and, and Wong's like, all of them. It sometimes seems. He's like, then we must entertain the possibility that Stephen will simply just come back on his own. <laughs> oh no, give me, don't give me that look, Wong. As she's walking away, he's like, she's like, you can't even see me. He's like, I know the look. <laughs> so funny. She's a bad, bad woman.
2: So awesome.
3: I'm not suggesting that we sit on our hands and wait for him to come back, but even in the event that he does, this morning he cast a passive detection skill or spell called a smoke detector. It stays in place over the city and alerts me if there are any surges of necromantic energy. And the monk says, Clea, I fear you are getting your own hopes up to an unrealistic degree." And she's like, "I am the sorcerer supreme, Wong. The unreal is my business." He's like, "Well, I suppose I can't argue with that." And she's like, but in the meantime, we should speak with those who have died and returned. Perhaps there might be something useful we can share. So have you contacted the Avengers? And she's like, no, that can wait till tomorrow. And then she goes, you're you're per- perturbed, Wong. What's, what what's on your mind? And he goes, the Blasphemy Cartel. There was something familiar about them. They were surprisingly well equipped before you killed them all. Steve would never have done that. She's like, I'm not Stephen Wong. They were killers was a kinder end than I would have granted them in the Dark Dimension. He's like, but this is Earth, Clea. You may not be Stephen, but you are still the Sorcerer Supreme on this planet, and you must act like it. Wait, is that your spell? And then, like, the little, like, uh, alarm goes off, and she's like, "That's yes, It's someone is crossing into the lands of living. And she's like, Clea, you don't know who that You don't know that it's him? And he's like, it is wrong. It has to be. And she just, she cruises off, and end of the night, and he just yells, be careful. And she's, so then she starts doing her, like, you know, like, superhero spiel, but she's not really necessarily a hero. She's like, my name is Clay Strange, and I have watched the love of my life die. But before he did, in an attempt to make the world he so loved, this world safer, he gave me four things. The colloquial levitation, the eye of Agamotto, the title of Sorcerer Supreme, and a fourth secret thing that made it po- all possible. Even if I told Doom what it was that allowed me to cheat the mechanisms of the, the office of Sorcerer Supreme, he could never understand it, because it is anathema to him. He has no idea what it is to truly love, to truly trust, just like Dormammu, just like my mother. The Faultina are renowned through many worlds for their respaciousness, their thirst for conquest. We're a people ruled by our desires, and I am no different. The people of this world believe that grief should be pre- processed, that loss should be accepted, but I am incapable of that. And then she goes on, and a hand that comes out of this green glow, she lands and this green glowing thing's coming out. And she said, no more will I accept uncaring whims of fate. No more will I suffer the constraints of mere life and death. I will, th- I have the power, the will, the nerve to shape my destiny into a form that pleases me and I reject any fate but that which I have made for myself. And then she says that loud, Stephen, as I, like, And then <laughs> weirdly, um, the guy that we see at the beginning with the gold mask on and the cloak and stuff and like the sea, like very death looking ish, and then you see a um a very black lantern look, like a looking dead undead. Looking. I would say. I mean, I say black man because that we saw so much after so long in DC, but like, but it's a a dead undead Thunderstrike yeah. rising from the grave, which I
1: didn't know Thunderstrike was dead. I guess, but which is crazy that it's Thunderstrike. But yeah. Sure enough, if you don't know who the Thunderstrike is, he was like Metal Thor, except not Thor.
3: He was like the he was like the nineties bodybuilder Thor with a ponytail. Oh. He was a
1: replacement Thor. He totally mm-hmm. a different
3: dude. Anyway, he wasn't cool. How long ago did he die? I, I didn't know I he died. I don't know
1: that. I don't... Okay. Yeah. I. As far as the thing, Thunderstrike had a miniseries that happened...
3: So I, so I didn't look it up. A like I was going As I was doing research for this book, I didn't want to look it up because I wanted to like discuss it because I thought maybe CBS had some info, and I was just like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because Thunderstrike, it. to me, honestly, is lame. I never liked him. I thought he was mm. dumb.
1: I didn't hate him, but I didn't really read a lot of books with him either. I, mean, I didn't really read a lot of Thor back... When you just happening. you just
3: have this certain affinity for like all the like the B and C B team like Thor's like you like Frog Thor you like Battery Bill Better you Bill like fantastic you like it you you just it's weird except you can't embrace Thunderstrike not the same no way. you just you can't embrace Australian Thor from Thor three uh, yeah it's
1: because he's not supposed to be that it just is what he is in real life that's the problem. Yeah, as far as Thunderstrike's concerned, they did a miniseries with him like maybe, oh god, four years ago. And it wasn't one that I read. I mean, we had it in the store. Uh, we probably actually still have some of it, actually. At still looking at it But I e- never read it, so I don't know what? if they you're still looking it up. No. Oh. But there, there's been pictures that showed up from the Love and Thunder set that look like what he's wearing is a Thunderstrike style costume. I didn't think so. I mean that's
3: what people were saying it is. Well I, well I looked at it and I didn't think so.
1: Yeah, I'll give you I agree with you. I didn't really think it was that the same thing either, but that's what people were saying. I don't care what people say. Yeah.
3: But as far as Can like you read the wrong people. What? You you're watching comic book Fox News, bro. It's not a thing. I'm watching Comic Book CNN. So we're on different pages. Fake news. <laughs> fake
1: news. Fake comic book news. Not the same at all. Fake comic book news. I mean, if that was a real thing. I guess they probably, it kind of is actually.
3: I think Klee is awesome. I I hope she sticks around. I think she's cool than Stephen Strange, honestly. Like, she makes me laugh.
1: Oh, this book is She's a bad, bad so woman. Well.
3: And
0: she's amazing. She's and, funny. And I, she's tough. Like, she was. But well, she's so nonchalant about everything. It's like, all right, Doom's here. All right, whatever, you're, you know. You don't get to be the sorcerer's scream. I don't care what you say.
3: I think she's hinting at that she's pregnant. Oh. As well. I think that the, the last thing, not just love, is what she's kind of talking the about. The fourth thing. I oh. think the fourth thing she's talking about, she's pregnant as well.
1: It's a good possibility. Which
3: makes her even more powerful from, like, where they come from. Like, that, like, she's. That's a cool idea. So, that's. Then she's bringing two, two dimensions together with a.
0: so Spawn. From, the yeah. source, from two Sorcerer Supremes, technically. Right. That's pretty cool.
1: It's an interesting idea, for sure. It, it might be an avenue for a return and rebirth, also. But as Steven being born by her, which is creepy, but they've done stuff like that before.
3: Uh, I don't think that that's going to be the case. I think I, I think that she's honestly like, the way that they would come back was through some other way. I mean, yeah, I, don't, th- I don't, don't think that her birthing Steven Strange is going to be a thing. I yeah, know, I don't think so. I really. don't think that's it. I think that honestly... like. Because if she's pregnant with, like, their child... Right. Because she's, like, honestly, like... In the past and stuff, like, yeah, they've been off, on again, off again kind of thing. But, like, she's, like, honestly, like, this is my husband. This is my love of my life. And, right. Like, and, this is... This fourth thing that I can't even explain to him because he would never understand it. I think that, like, the way that she talks sounds like it... To me, it,
1: it's I just think a it's guess... A real, it, it's a very believable idea. It's
3: a guess of mine. I think that maybe she's pregnant. Which would be, like...
1: I think that would make a lot of sense. Which would,
3: which would be cool...
1: Oh yeah, hey, we, wait, got, cool. we got a kid to start a strange like a child. I mean, there's not a lot of superheroes that want of having kids that stay around very long. So and she's kind really of cool. mama
4: bear
3: now. She's full on just like crushing people for no reason. And like in the past, like you haven't really when you've seen her periodically, she doesn't just just murder people like that. Like no, s- maybe I always just maybe the Stephen was keeping her under control. But like even Wong was like, you just don't do that, right? But, like she's mama bear now and like what when that guy was talking to her in like the market she's like was like no we don't like she just started crushing people so i was like oh yeah okay 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 no <laughs> <laughs> i was like mm. i was very impressed like honestly like i'm not usually like i'm not the biggest like doctor strange like follower i've always i, I like when i read it like it is what it is. like i'm i'm a big fan overall like i give it a four and a, I give it a four and a half That's a good book. That was a really good book. I I loved the writing. I mean, the art was fine. Like it it, it wasn't like fantastic or terrible. It was just like I didn't really. I thought the writing was so fantastic that I didn't really focus on the art as much. Um, but like because it surprised me so much, I was like, "Oh, I'll I'll read this." But it was kind of like when I read Strange Academy, the number one for the first time. I was very impressed with it. Like I I like this magic side of.
4: The Marvel, Marvel Universe. Yeah. Like,
3: I think that I like this more than like whether it be just like, you know, the the regular superheroes or the mutants, like it's just a different it's a different corner.
1: Well it's a different different use of the character, a different use of the the style of what's happening. We haven't seen like Doctor Strange has had a lot of books. This broader world where we've got this whole menagerie around him hasn't really been a thing. I mean the Academy in general, there was never anything like that to that book. I mean, it's comparative to the Mutant Academy and the X-Men and the Teen Titans and a whole handful of other things, but flavored that way with magic and Doctor Strange stuff has never been a thing before, and like this just adds more to that, making it a bigger palette. I'm like, I saw something the other day that was claiming that Kevin Fahey had said that Dr. Strange is going to be the anchor for the Marvel Universe. I did read that article. And I thought, man, that's really interesting. <clears throat> I'm like, he's also supposed to be mixed up in what's happened with the books, too, a little bit. It's, so it's, makes me wonder. It's,
0: it, from what I understand from the article, it was interesting because I think he's going to not necessarily lead a new Avengers team, but kind of be that grounded piece that Cap was or that Iron Man was. I think it's, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is taking on a, a lot here because I think he's the next iteration of whatever comes next. Right. That, that article was really interesting. You guys should, everyone should read all it. All right.
3: I was, I was, I was kind of shocked that they were, gonna, I mean, I like him being a, one of the focal points. I don't like him being like the focal point. I I, do. That, I
0: I love Strange in the movies. Dr. Strange I, is probably one of my I favorite do, I,
3: films. I do too. I'm just like, it's just saying like, of the, like, you know, the Avengers, you know, of all the ones just being like, I get Iron Man being a focal point, but like, I don't get like, Hawkeye being a focal point, like it's a. Like, As we move into
0: this multiverse and, and magical kind of thing, like if you look at What If and how it's. Now, What If technically is kind of a part of the MCU because of what's happened in the trailer for Multiverse of, Mad- multiverse of Madness because you have Evil Doctor Strange or whatever. Okay. So, having all these different, you know, threads or, or whatever, it's. Definitely, I, I see why they've chosen him to be the focal point because he might be the only one who's able to kind of handle all of it. Right.
1: It'd be interesting to see what it means and what it, what the real truth is of it. I mean, if it, he's just the only OG sticking around, then okay. But and
3: the, and the Shang Chi thing, like like with at the, Wong showing up a couple times, mm-hmm. um, and Shang Chi after seeing like the trailer to the new Doctor Strange film, like in. And then I'll, and then obviously see him in Spider-Wong as, as the new Sorcerer Supreme technically in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Like, oh, yeah. It makes a little bit more sense of that stuff, but it, I still don't, like, them use, the Shang-Chi thing still just doesn't fit with me. That's the one weird, with the, with the, with the MCU, with the, MCU, like, with, the right. with the films. Right, 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 right. Like, obviously we're talking differently, but they are, the books are gonna kind of, they're gonna kind of like, Mimic this the movies just a teeny bit. That they're gonna like do they're gonna they're gonna utilize the characters from the movies in books and like try and like make them more popular and sell books with those they're gonna do they always do that
1: right. Well, Chi has a series right now, and the stories don't connect whatsoever, but the characters getting. More light than they used to. I mean. No, exa- exactly. That's, That's what I mean, like they're not, yeah.
3: they're not, not going to like be like this. No, not going to no. go on. They're, they're totally separate, but they're going to like. Oh, this character, people know who they are, so we're going right. to try and sell books What's with, the, with this a, character. A why face we face
1: shown to things, yeah. But,
3: but
0: like, M- MCU moving into this more fantastical kind of area, I think you have to have some sort of sorcerer. I mean, you, it's it's not. I don't think it's based as much in reality, like. You know, our originals Avengers, were. granted you have, you know, space, you know, people, they you know, right. aliens, the, the, you know, but it, it's definitely, like I said, more, more fantastical. So I see why they chose him. Plus, it's, it's better cover badge. Like, like, I can do a no,
1: lot. No, I, of- I, yeah, I think he's fantastic. I just, I, I mean, I, I feel what you mean for groundedness of it. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how the actually, what that actually means. He's a great actor.
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. And I like sure. him a lot. And I, I can't imagine, just like, I can't imagine anybody but Robert Andrews you playing. Sure. Iron man. Sure, I don't. I can't really imagine anybody else playing Doctor. Oh, Star,
1: not sure. now, no, no, not at all.
3: No, I, even thinking back on it, like I'm like,
1: huh?
3: yeah, yeah, honestly, I'm just like, no, I really like as as he's as he was written before he was cast and after, like I just don't see anybody else.
1: No, no, he's a, when it comes to matches when they first announced his name as the actor, I thought man, the guy from Sherlock Holmes, and then as soon as you see him with the beard, I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, the guy's always. As far as an actor, he's fantastic. I just couldn't see it initially because of the hair. Sure. And as soon as I saw him with the goatee, I'm like, no, okay.
0: Well, they fixed it. The hair is perfect. I it mean. is with fantastic. With the silver on the sides. yeah, they, So, so good. Um, uh, Tyler,
1: yeah. you want to give a score for that strange book? Yeah, I, I give it a four.
0: I really enjoyed it. It's very quick. It's very well written. Um, it, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of gravity to it, which is probably why I didn't give it a five. Um, but it, it, it's very quick. Clea is very clever. The whole Von Dune stuff is wonderful. Um, in the Mart, or what do you call it, Bazaar? In the Bazaar, you know, the, the kind of back and forth between her and Wong is really clever. Um, yeah, I give it a four. I, I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I fall soon. I, I give it a four and a half. I like it a lot. Hey, it's so fun to read. And, like, she's just so quick. Like, the writing is so sharp. And, like, she's so quick-witted. And it's the way she dispatches Doom. Like he nothing. Well, oh, he's like a whiny child
0: too. She's like, I made well, him cry. Plays him <laughs> like funny. he co- totally co- does. Yes.
3: <laughs> he does. He kind of, He does. He throws a fit. Like he a throws a
0: tantrum. Exactly. He's like, ooh, I do. I wanted to be sorceress pretty. free. <laughs> it's, it's it's really funny. I mean, it's very so very I, funny.
3: And again, the way when she's talking about like why my, why my title like stands. And like, blah, 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 of Sorcerer Supreme and all this stuff, I think is, like, the way that it makes me, like, makes me feel like that she's pregnant is because of that, like. She's technically holding the. She's like, I have, I have the things. Right. I have the artifacts. Right. He was my husband, and also, I'm with child. Right. Like, there's this, like, like,
0: like she's got like four. Uh,
1: I think it's a good possibility. They don't, I need don't. To tell it's us. It's very the clever. Four yeah. Did you guys it's catch that or no?
3: No,
0: oh, it's not that I didn't catch it. I definitely wondered. I was like, oh, I wonder what the fourth thing is, but it wasn't the first thing to come to mind. No. That's very clever. I, makes just, sense. I just wondered. I was just like, oh, okay. I, I,
1: I mean. I don't think it's. I don't think it's flat enough in there to be sure that's what it is. But the idea of that is really, really good. It is no, no, cool. yeah. I, 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 like I mean, that I. It was just a thought of mine. As
3: I read it, I was like, that fourth thing. Like, it's not just love. It can't be that cheesy. It has to be like.
1: Well, they don't say. They don't actually say what it is. Right. And that would be the next thing that makes the most sense. So, like that idea is really, is really sharp. I, I if that winds up being the truth, that's awesome. If it's not, I mean, whatever.
0: You'll have to tell us.
1: But yeah, it's a. Uh,
0: it's. That's exciting.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. I just don't feel like there's enough to be like, for sure that's the case, but I like that idea a lot.
0: I do too.
3: Well, she says, like, this is, this is her words. Mm -hmm. And a fourth secret thing that made it all possible. Even if I told Doom what it was, what allowed me to cheat the mechanisms of the Office of Sorcerer Supreme, he could never understand it. Because it, because it is, um, anathema to him. He has no idea what it, it, it is truly, to truly love, to truly trust just like dormammu just like my mother which like the faultine are renowned through many worlds for their for spaciousness their thirst for conquest we are a people ruled by our desires and i am no different the people of this world believe that grief should be processed that loss should be accepted by am incapable of that so i don't i mean i don't like so when I was doing research on her, like her dad raised her, she didn't know who her mom was, and then she found out that, like, her dad worshipped Dormammu, but like didn't know that her Dormammu was her uncle. So, um, I I don't know. As she, as she talks, like trying to explain that, like, Doom would never understand. That was a weird one. And the fourth secret thing, like, what's this? What secret thing would it be? You know what I mean? It's either oh, no. a secret yeah. spell or something as simple as maybe she's just pregnant. With Doom, or with uh, with Strangest Kid.
1: It'd be interesting to see what it is. I mean, it's just a thought. No, it's a cool idea. Like I said, it'll be interesting to see what it is. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like there's enough in there for that to be a concrete thing for real, but I like that idea a lot.
3: And I can honestly see just like, just the idea of Wong, like having to take care of a strange (laughs) child.
1: (laughs) It'd be hilarious. I mean, they've they've done similar things in other books. I mean, and the
3: dog chasing, it, like the spirit dog chasing it around, like I, this, it would be so funny. <laughs> and like like pulling on its
0: ears and stuff. I sure. can just see that being a thing. This did make me think. I I kind of hope bats shows up in, um, multiverse of madness. I, I think oh, that would man. be. Oh man! If you're gonna have kind of that comic book or that comic relief in a film, like bats would be perfect for that. Everyone else could be serious and you know doing whatever, and bats can you know have those funny lines,
1: right? Man, it'd be I think it'd be really cool if he did. I don't think he will, but I think it'd be really cool. I agree. Yeah,
3: I kinda hoped Howard the Duck would show up when he did multiple times. <sighs> so it's just like I mean, that's Duck. true. That's true.
0: Howard the Duck's huge though. Like no, I think he's great. I have no complaints. It's hilarious.
1: <laughs> well, as far as uh books, I mean that's it for books. Uh, so we'll go ahead and run the interview. Uh, this is with uh Ben Goldsmith from uh, the Rhode Island 2021 comic-con uh, again been uh, awesome dude the writer for the uh second place comic book from also source point press so uh we'll go and roll that now and uh, be back in a
2: second hey this is steve with top 5 comics podcast at the rhode island comic-con 2021 i'm here with bob and we are also with
4: ben goldsmith
2: Excellent. And then, so
4: company-wise, like who are you with right now? What are you putting out? Uh, company-wise, I'm with uh, Steve and Bob. And <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, in a more meta sense, uh, my publishers I get published with SourcePoint Press um, uh, and in uh, Mad Cave uh, Studios. Uh, and then Black Caravan just picked up one of our books. Uh, it, it, we just signed the contract, so it's official. Um, yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, a couple, you know, a lot of the, the better indie publishers to be working for right now. I get to work with them, and I'm a writer. I write things for the people who don't know that. They won't, and why would they? I, you know. And, uh, that, yeah. So that's what I do. I write. Uh, I'm a comic book writer. Did I say write enough?
2: You did. I did.
4: Great. You're doing it. You're doing good. Okay. Thank you. Perfect. Um, no you, I get bob points. Yeah, we greeted for everyone who's listening to this. Uh, there's now a thing called bob points. Uh, you send in your cereal box uh, CPU, uh, CPU. <laughs> is that what it is? I was thinking it was like a computer UPC. There we go. I I had it right. I just mixed the order. Um, and uh, yeah, you send in your UPCs and then you get bob points back in the mail. Uh, and uh, I'll let them figure out the actual logistics of this. I'm just the one who sets it up. And then I pimped you guys for this, and now you have to figure it out. Sorry about that. Now
2: it's totally a thing. And officially they there. Now you've been told Steve points are worth more than Bob points, but you know we're, that's this splitting hairs for no reason at all. No, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, Ben. So, like, what got you into writing comic books in general, man? Like, how'd you? Or just story and go.
4: I was born on the back of a donkey <laughs> in a small Swiss town called Franklin, Massachusetts. I know I'm from Mass. Uh, I, I traveled around. I did um, musicals and music and played guitar in a for studios and did a whole bunch of stuff and I just really wanted more creative control. I'd always been a fan of comics and writing in general. Uh and then kind of found came to this when I went with a couple friends to a Comic-Con and, and realized that these were my people and this was a place where I felt very comfortable and I felt like I could finally be myself more than even with uh, the music which I you know I've always loved music but even in that industry it's like there was a real uh, onus on being cool. You know like it was a re- I mean it was really a thing like you it was, it was a crafted cool too like you had to be uh, a certain thing, but, but here it's not that way. And it, it, so I, I get to wear the things I like. I get to say the things that I like. I get to make the things I like. Um, and that's these comics. And and the type of comics that I make are not typical. I mean, my adage is I, I'm too. I don't. I'm looking at you guys in the eyes, even though the people who listen listening to this I have no idea. So I, I'm just gonna direct right into the microphone right here. Oh, a little ASMR for it.
2: Too, too much. The microphone can't take it. They can't,
4: they can't take
2: this, can they?
4: Um, I so yeah well, I, like I, I'm totally to have invented Superman that, that's my feeling so why try um, I do a book that's all tattoo art it's tattoo art interiors uh, I do a, a book coming up that's a mockumentary comic book about bodybuilding aliens um, you know we uh, it's it, it's it, I the the one action book I did for mad cave it's it's about assassins but at the end of the day it's uh, about the, the truth of it is, I, I did the entire thing as a sort of an allegory for um, the Velveteen Rabbit, which is which is when do you feel love? How does love make you real? And when do you um, accept love? And in what form? See, brother, that's that deep. Thanks man. Yeah, there was, and that's the thing. I'm trying to that's what I'm trying to bring to this is, you know, uh and that's a lot of the theater background is we, you always kind of pick things apart to the nth degree, but you have to make it entertaining at the same time.
2: Right. And like yesterday we were talking a little bit and you said that originally you were doing theater. Like that's what you're writing for, was for the theater.
4: Yes. And that was uh it's still not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, I still love the theater and I, I love the art form and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, this is this is the theater that I like is the, the curtains of the convention man This, this is a good spot it's again it, it comes down to where do you feel comfortable and and for whatever reason under halogen lights on a concrete floor I feel pretty good so so yeah that, that's my that's my origin story uh, pick it up at your local shops and actually speaking of picking it up at your local shops the uh, the second the book second place that I have that bodybuilding mockumentary alien book with a cover by Rob Guillory from Chew and Farmhand yeah. uh, and Jay Fosgate, who is a, a prominent cartoonist from Disney and My Little Pony and Boom Studios uh, they are actually going to be, that is an incredible, she looks exactly like Starlight, that's nuts you should, the, her face, like she looked like the actress who played Starlight yeah see that's that's a smart cosplay for anyone out there who's cosplaying you know, pick a thing you're good at, sure, but like, pick a thing you look like, and then people will be like, oh my god, because that, that was, thats I was just distracted from an interview. Uh, is that your pager? Is your pager going off?
2: Uh, no, so I'm diabetic, and I have a whole arm reader thing that tells me my blood sugar. Is it low right now? No. Oh, it's you're good? Yeah, we're good. Oh, good. It just loses signal as we do things because the building, it, it, it's connected to me through like a, uh, we... Wi-Fi signal.
4: Well, can I tell you something? Yeah. My heart's connected to you now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I said that
4: I said that so sincere, didn't I? It's <laughs>
2: well, good. It's good. Appreciate it. Story's going to be a documentary about diabetics. I'm I mean, done, hey, as long as I get a name <laughs> shared, that's cool.
4: You and you and my dad will be the two inspirations for that book. He uh, a classic like the diabetic who just Will like the go to the doctor. The doctor's like, cool. So like you, you stopped eating sugar, right? He's like, mm-hmm. no. You know, it's like, cool. So you did anything to change that? No. All right. See you next year.
2: <laughs> I mean, that sounds like. I mean, it does sound like an appointment, hundred percent. Good stuff, man. So, okay, so we were talking about
4: books where we can pick up and what we can pick up? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, if you're listening to this anytime in the year of uh, 2021 to 2022 turnover, which it is November right now, uh... you're welcome to the present. If you are not, uh, hey, in the future, how's your flying skateboard? second place, my bodybuilding alien book will be available in your comic shop. The December is the first issue; will be coming out in comic book stores nationally. It's distributed through Diamond Source Point Press, uh, and then you know every month thereafter for four months because it's a four-issue story, and then the trade. Uh, then be on the lookout: Black uh, Caravan, Black Caravan, the Great Scout imprint, uh, run by Joe Maki and Rich Woodall. Uh, we are doing a book called Ghosts on the Water, a Maori Pirates of the Caribbean story uh, that involves family and the Fountain of Youth.
2: That's really cool. I like I we got some guys that read Black Caravan stuff at the store. So it's great. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. I well I love I see I love them too and so to kind of get in with those guys was uh very and we so we actually found out uh that we were the last book they picked up for this uh schedule. So we otherwise I think anyone else who's doing Black Caravan has to wait like a two or three years now. Uh yeah, we we got right in there.
2: Oh, that's really cool. Who's working on the book with you? Who's doing the uh, who's doing the art for it? Because you're writing it.
4: Yeah, so I'm writing it with my buddy Jeremy uh Dykes, who's right here next to me. Uh say hi, Jeremy. What's up? How you guys doing? Look at that laid-back SoCal voice of his, isn't that? Yeah. Man, he what a smooth operator he is. When you listen to his voice, all of a sudden you just the uh, endless summer starts playing in your mind. Um but the artist is a guy named Alex Cormick. Alex Cormick. Uh, did Sea of Sorrows and of Bones for IDW. Uh, he is doing uh, Crimson Cage right now for AWA, the book with John Lee's. It's a wrestling book. Um, yep, that's some of the art there. That's Paniya. Paniya is uh, the main antagonist. She is a Maori uh, princess pirate. Um, and, uh, and, 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 yeah, Alex is un- unbelievable. Um, yeah, it's the, he does the Haka at the Storm. Um, it's really awesome, man. He's yeah. We took, we did, we yeah. It's it's uh it's gonna be great. It's gonna be a great book, man. we supposed to look for that guy in December. That's so second place is December. Uh, this year again. If you're listening now, uh, then good for you. Way to keep up to date. And if you're backlogging the stuff, what the hell? No, Bob points. Bob, don't give them any points. <laughs> All right, thank you. I don't know how you'll know unless, them. <laughs> unless they. Well, they right if they give you the, the UPCs, you have no choice. Yeah. And if they send them in, and any cereal will do, right?
2: Well, okay, yeah. I really like like sugar corn pops.
4: Sure. But... <laughs> okay, so I mean, is it, this is a preference based system? Is that what that is? I don't uh, think that's gonna fly, man. The UPC's I think UPC still on the box. Make it corn pops or Rice Krispies. Oh yeah, that's. Like, I mean, because if they just send a UPC, you're not going to cross-check the number with the. Okay, so listen, for anyone out there who's going to uh, do this, and you should, because they're definitely going to be putting. Uh, you make sure that you cut them out. See so that you can eat whatever cereal you want, and you can just forego Bob's whole predilection for sugar and cereal. This, guys, listen, we just talked about diabetes. Don't don't eat sugar cereals. Okay, get some raisin bran. Unless it's life. Unless it's life. Is that your favorite cereal? Life. All right, My Coke. My co-writer likes a bad cereal. All right. <laughs> you're, wait, of all the sugar cereals, you're choosing Life? Cinnamon Life. Ugh.
2: Oh, Cinnamon Life.
4: Ugh, Bob. Like don't too. don't you don't talk to each other anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> man,
4: no, that's negative Bob <laughs> points.
2: No, no! Oh no, I no, lost the bob point. Uh-oh.
4: Okay, all right. I gotta end this. I gotta end this now before I lose any more bob points.
2: Oh
4: man. <laughs> What's your go-to karaoke song? Uh, wow. Uh, it would uh, Men in Black. By Will Smith, because I know every lyric. (laughs) You know, I can believe that 100%. That
2: would be awesome. (laughs) Alright, so if you're stranded on a deserted island and you only take five items with you, what five items would you take? Cool, so five boxes of life cereal. (laughs) (laughs) And those are worth about five. Put negative five
4: bob points? Uh, no, yeah, those are plus uh, bob points. I think those would be ten bob points each. Yeah. So yeah.
2: Five, <laughs> 10 each yeah. 10. That's fifty points. You didn't even try. This
4: bob point system is so <laughs> skewed. I can't get. I can't wrap my mind around how this works. Good luck, anyone who's dealing with the bob points at this point. I think, and also the inflation on bob points is awful. I have a few, and I thought I was going to get the um, the bob lighter, but it turns <laughs> out I only had enough for the bob frisbee. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, it was, and it didn't fly. Like it immediately just dove right for the ground. Uh, <laughs> Out of control, 100%. All five, five things for real to a desert island. That's like a real question. Um, uh, are we? Is this like a? You know what? I'm just gonna go with the funny answer with the cereal because, because now I'm like, is it a legitimate? Am I thinking about how to get off the island about survival? Am I thinking about just things that I would take with me because I enjoy the art of them? All answers that are good answers regardless. Oh my god. All right, five boxes of life cereal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. I mean, all right. this is good stuff. If you lived in fantasy land, would you ride a chocolate pony? If, uh, if I lived in fantasy
4: land, would I ride a chocolate pony? Correct, sir. No. No. Melty, right? It would be melty, right? Because it would be melty, right? Well, it's Fantasyland, so he doesn't have to melt. I mean, if the sun is at the same temperature it is here, but this is Fantasyland, the sun could be shooting out confetti. Listen, I feel like if I'm in Fantasyland, a the Pony is the low bar. All right? That's where we're starting. That's where we're starting. I'm talking a chocolate pony within a brigade of other ponies made of caramel and cotton candy, and you're in an entire cart that is made out of like sugar glass, you know. And and you're wearing a, a tuxedo that's made completely out of licorice, and like little penguins are following you around, dude. This is Fantasyland. A chocolate pony. This is again. That's where we start, okay? At Fantasyland. I'm
1: riding a coffee dragon.
4: A coffee dragon. Coffee oh, dragon. That's the one.
1: That's yeah, it right there.
4: Yeah, Good, uh, yeah
2: that's a hundred bob points right
4: there. a hundred points Bob, bob? Oh he's not even playing he's out of control now These yeah. bob points are willy-nilly soggy paper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you win the Bob temporary tattoo yes. <laughs> uh, So anyway yeah that's that's so so yes but also come on. Awesome Well thanks babe for talking with us I really appreciate it man. Thank you guys really appreciate it. I
1: just want to thank Ben again for taking time to talk with me and Bob and creating Bob points, which as soon as I figure out how to make that work as a thing, I will make it work as a thing. Uh, but yeah, great dude. Um, check him out on Instagram. And if you, if you haven't had a chance, check out their book, him and the Ed, uh, from the previous episode. Both fantastic dudes and just such a fun book. It's awesome. Uh, but from there, we'll move into, well, the lesson of the day. Uh, Tyler Brown, what'd you learn today?
0: I'm only going to say one because last time I said three. I, I took all of them. Um, I learned that, uh, Clea is a great character and very well written and, uh, very quick, very funny. I haven't read a Marvel book in a while that I really enjoyed and that was one of them.
1: Awesome. Been around for a long time. I mean, she's a, she's a character from the 60s. Really? Oh, so, well, yeah. I learned a lot about her today. All right. Uh, 45, what did you learn today? I learned that you're telling
3: everybody what you learned today, but, like, I learned it, and then I taught you guys that thing, so then, like, you guys are stealing my things.
0: No, I learned it from you. No,
3: CBS sure. was like, yeah, it was from the 60s, and <laughs> I was like, I know, I just told you that.
1: <laughs> I mean, did you
3: learn he might have. So what did you learn today, CBS, that she's from the 1960s?
1: That none of us know how Thunderstrike died. Mm, that's you didn't right. learn how he died. Exactly, none of us know that. He, he learned that none of us know. That's very true. We well, mm.
3: learned that she's from the 60s. And I learned that you steal my, what you learned. From the, the <laughs> learning and the learning the things. Wow. wow. I know. Wow.
0: It's very cyclical. I guess so. so.
2: Got any books to watch? Mr. Marsh uh, Brown?
0: Uh, I just want to plug, uh, Gary, what is Fortress? I'm going to do that probably till it comes out. So I'm pretty excited for that. Batman Fortress.
1: Oh right, right, yeah, yeah. Actually, it's the, new, the newest catalogs we just ordered those books last like last week. How's it look? I mean, a couple pictures for it look really cool. Thanks. And then the cover looks cool, but yeah, there wasn't there wasn't like a full layout for it. It was just the little bit of setup for it. So yeah, I'm I'm very excited for that book. So
0: I'll be there for that. Forty five. Um, besides
3: the strange book that I'm insanely like all about all of a sudden because sure. it was fantastic. Mark Wade has a new world's finest book coming out, which I've always been. Big fan. Like, some of my oldest books I own, I have some old 1960s books, probably like four or five, maybe six of them. They're, like, I mean, probably not the greatest condition comparatively. They're probably, like, graded in, like, a, between five and sixes, which is, like, not bad, but, like, not, not great. Not for the age of the book, yeah. But, like, uh, from the world's finest, like, you know, when they were, you know, Batman Superman Best Friends, which That's is cool. awesome. That's cool. And so, uh, they have a new book come out, and it looks awesome. Because it looks like it'd be like just old school Superman Batman stories. Sometimes it's good to just have stories that are just what they are, like one to five issue arcs of just fun, good stuff. Like, it doesn't have to be like multi book crossover, this and that, and everybody's involved. Sometimes it's just good to just have like start to finish, like good stuff.
0: Yeah, I was I was really excited to, to, to go off that point. I was really excited for the um, Battle for Earth three that they talked about in there, and then it's like, oh, it goes off of like seven different books, and I was like. Yeah,
3: I was the same way. It, 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 it bumps me out. Yeah, it was going to be the same thing, and I was just like, mm. mm-hmm. it's like the Teen Titans and this and this yep. and this and this, all this involved. It was, sometimes it's like, I want to just read a book Yep. that's just, and I know that they're doing it for a reason, which is like, oh, man.
1: I mean, it's just because he's involved with it. Yeah, it comes through Titans and Suicide Squad and Flash. And it has done, actually, its first issue came out this week. Um, The, uh, I don't think they call it, did they call it Alpha? I can't remember. Anyway, it, it, the first issue came out this week, but yeah, then it jumps back and forth between books before it's over. It's
0: wild. Do
1: they have a list in that?
0: Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a list right here. Uh, go ahead, Jeff. I thought there was a list. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Oh, right. War for Earth. Oh yeah, there, it is yeah. Yeah, there 18, it is. yeah.
3: Number one. Suicide Squad. Yeah, it is. Flash seven eighty. Teen Titans thirteen. War for Earth. 3, yeah, number, number
1: two. two. Yeah. So. so it's just the one book per thing, but it does jump through series. It's a five-part weekly event and all it is. Yeah. And it's a five-part series. I mean, it does force folks that are reading just like The Flash to read Suicide Squad and uh, Titans Academy. But, I mean, both those books have been good. But, yeah, as a crossover, it does make you read other books that you normally wouldn't get. But as far as the thing, I don't know if... Uh, sometimes they're set up where you can read the Alpha and read the, the second second part, the Omega or whatever... And be okay, but all this stuff—the meat of it—happens in the middle of the book. So, I know there's a couple people who are reading it; they're not going to be happy about that. But it's just how it's set up, unfortunately.
3: Well, that's why they didn't get talked about. Yeah, they did a little bit, but right. I'm more, I'm more excited for the world's finest thing because yeah, I, I just like some Batman Superman stories. Sure, they're like fantastic together. They always are. Like that early Batman Superman stuff with like when uh, McGinnis was drawing it and stuff. And actually, wasn't it Mark Wade writing
1: it? It might have been actually. I think so. Because McGinnis' the series, he did the art for like the first probably twelve issues, from what I remember. Oh, no, more than that. Yeah, for a while. You know what? That I was... think it was Mark Wade.
3: It might Shoot, have been... I don't remember now. Anyway, but it was like when like President Lex was going on, and like Lex hired like the Adam and Hawkman and mm-hmm. all these people to like go after
1: that almost wanted storyline.
3: It was so good, man! Like so fantastic, and it was just like. They outwit everybody, because, like, that's what they do. Because they're the best of the best of the best. I'm like, and I just... I don't know. It was, it was always so good, so... Oh, yeah. I'm kind of stoked to see where... I mean, just just some good Batman-Superman stories.
1: You need to see what it is. Yeah. Um
3: That's all I got. As
1: far as book suggestion-wise, they're going to be doing a miniseries for... A new miniseries for Gambit. So five-part miniseries. So far, the couple things that have come out for it look really cool. And I like that he's getting another series of his own. Um... From Image, there's going to be a book coming out called Little Monsters, and it has Jeff Lemire writing it, and Dustin Nguyen doing the art for it, who are both fantastic. It's a miniseries. It's basically about a batch of the last kids on Earth that just also happen to be vampires. So it's a post-apocalyptic vampire story. Um, I think that'll be really neat. I mean, the art looks... the couple pages of art that are shown for it, it's Dustin Nguyen. So, like, the dude is great. All this stuff from The Flash, and all, all this stuff for Ascender and Descender, like, he's awesome. And, I mean, the two of them teaming again together to do another book that's just a different flavor, I think is awesome. And Jeff Lemire, great writer. Artist, not the favorite for me, but he's an awesome... He's an awesome writer. He's great. Um, so I'd say with the, those two, um, there's a ton of other stuff, but I, that's all I got right now. They are... I guess if you like the Robots vs. Zombies, they are re-releasing the uh, classic series with uh, new covers by Ashley Wood over an Image Now, so, uh, if you didn't miss it, you missed it the first time around, or you just loved it in general, um, at least the covers are new, but it's the story being re-released, so, it's an indie book, and I think most people found it after, it was already too late, so, that's really cool. And that's basically all I got. Uh, anything else? Nope. Oh, wait, wait.
3: You got something? Nope. Oh, so if you don't know what's coming going on in Action Figure Land, I, I always got to throw a little bit of like little teaser thing at the end. Um, Hasbro just released this last weekend. They did, like, G.I. Joe's 40th anniversary starting up, and they're releasing pretty cool, like, teasers things for some stuff. But, like, the coolest thing that I think that I've ever seen when it comes to G.I. Joe stuff, and maybe in Action Figure Land of all time, is they're finally, finally, finally releasing a Transformer G.I. Joe proper crossover where Megatron literally transforms into a his tank.
1: Oh yeah, that's and awesome. it's the
3: normal size his tank for GI
1: Joe three three quarter figures. Yep,
3: and it comes with a Baroness figure.
1: It's fantastic.
3: It's pretty friggin' cool. Like if you haven't seen it, just Google Megatron his tank or GI Joe Transformer or whatever. It's gonna pop up because it's like it's pretty fantastic. Like it transforms into a Transformer. And it transforms back into a his tank, which T Brown, the his are the ones right behind you, right on the shelf, which I have a thousand of, and they're pretty awesome. It, it's that size, and it it's probably the coolest thing I've seen maybe ever in GI Joe it's Transformer pretty, Land.
0: Pretty big, <laughs> it's pretty big,
3: but it's like it's yeah. a transformer yeah. and it transforms into a transformer. That's cool, and it's like, and then like the t- the gun turret like is on his back, and then the figure can still sit in the gun turret. Nice, so it's. Pretty amazing, and I think it's like retails only going to be like eighty bucks, seventy nine, ninety nine. Wow, for an exclusive, which isn't which isn't bad. It's available pretty much everywhere. I don't I think it might be available at like stores and stuff too. Oh, really? Yeah, but but oh. you can also pre-order it online. That's and stuff.
1: crazy because the only other ones they ever did were
3: like San Diego exclusives. Yeah, this is gonna be like that. It's just gonna be kind of because well, they've done some other GI Joe crossover stuff, but in the past there's like a Snow Cat, but like I, yeah. I never I never saw it, but like it was like a, it, the GI Joe transform or the transform turned into a, the Snow Cat, which is the oh yeah the right. little thing, the little mm-hmm. white snow. I don't know what it was called. I've just, I've seen it. Like, Craig's not here. He's our Transformer expert. I don't know, but I've seen those. Like, there's, I mean, and they've done some other crossover stuff, like, obviously with the Comic Con stuff, but well, anyway. There's some other stuff, some like, a Viper 3 pack, and, um, Zaran is coming out. Dusty's coming out. Come on, the G.I. Joe stuff. Like, pretty fantastic stuff. But, I mean, the, the twins, Tumux and Zaymont, they show stuff stalker. But, uh, but, I mean, that stuff's all whatever, but like, the, the transforming Transformers <laughs> Geo thing, and I was like, "That's pretty, cool. pretty cool." Yeah, the dude, like, uh, they did like the li- Hasbro did like the live on Facebook like thing, and the guy transformed it, and I was like, mm, "Okay, that's cool, that's pretty rad."
1: Nice, that's really cool.
3: And it looks like the old school Megatron too. It's not like a new like Megatron. It looks like the old cartoon Megatron, like the, the old oh, gray. Cool. Yeah. So that was pretty neat.
1: Heck yeah, man, that's pretty fantastic. Oh right, well, that's it and to key to